up, you guys? And welcome back to another episode of Berluminati, the podcast where we drink beer and talk about conspiracy theories. My name is John. This is Jake. And uh, welcome back. So as always, we start by talking about beer. So let's do that. Jake, what beer are you drinking? I am drinking a very good uh, uh, Reaper's Creepers Juicy India Pale Ale by Dissolver. Ooh. Uh, I have never had Dissolver before. I have. They're good. Yeah. Uh, they're out of Asheville and uh, one of the only breweries I haven't been to in Asheville. I, yeah. I, I actually didn't know they were in Asheville. I, I didn't either. Uh, I, I feel like somebody did tell me recently the guy who started Dissolver came over from another brewery like he was at like okay uh green man or wicked weed or something that. like that and he left them i think he was at the funkatorium oh and he okay. left the yeah, funkatorium, yeah. funkatorium to go start dissolving yeah so the uh this uh this reapers creepers juicy india india pale ale ipa uh comes in at a amazing 666 abv which is Pretty pretty fitting for the uh, can, which has a Grim Reaper across the front. Um, it is a collaboration with the Abomination Brewing Company, which, uh, yeah, I, I haven't had anything by them either. I feel like I have to have. Like, that sounds like one I would be into. Their logo's familiar, but I, I just yeah. I can't think of it. It reminds me of a pedal company that's here in Raleigh called Abominable Pedals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I've never met the dude who owns it, but I've talked to him a whole bunch of time, and he makes all these like really cool guitar pedals that he hand That's awesome. wires himself and solders and everything, and they're dope. Like They have all this like really crazy, like doomy-looking art on them, cool. and he gets them like... Uh, he gets the art like commissioned from these like really cool like doom artists, and he, they screen print them like, by yeah. hand and stuff. Yeah, they're awesome. That's awesome. The uh, this So it says, I mean, this can definitely, if you come across it, it's worth looking at because of the Grim Reaper on the front. But it uh, the artwork is done by the Almighty God Machine, which uh, apparently you, yeah, which apparently you can find on Instagram at at God Machine or GodMachine.co.uk because they are apparently British. Okay. Um, yeah, but I mean that's that's a ton about that can. But the, yeah. the actual beer is a very thick, juicy IPA. It is uh, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You cannot see through this, not at all, remotely. Um, it doesn't even look like orange juice either. It almost looks like mango juice. It does. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so very, thick. And it, it's basically a, a millimeter away from having pulp in it. You know, so yeah. it's, it's but it's <laughs> yeah. delicious. It uh, it's got a it's got a very citrusy bite on it. Uh, the back end is not very hoppy, uh, at all for six point six six. But uh, yeah, very very drinkable. Probably after two of these, you would get the old uh, IPA tongue. Yeah, and have to move on, but uh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm looking tasty. at the can right now, and I'm like, that looks like some burial artwork. Like not quite burial, yeah. but it, it definitely has that. Like some of the older burial stuff it was like when it was like the black and white and like thin pin early day kind yeah, of artwork. Yeah. yeah, it looks a lot like that. This looks like a like a like a wood etching from the Renaissance. Like you know something that would go along with your Edgar Allan yeah. Poe shirt. It looks right. like like a litho. Right. Oh yeah, I am wearing this really cool Edgar Allan Poe shirt. From, it's like this is a black craft cult shirt. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. awesome. So it has it's just a black shirt. It has Edgar Allan Poe's face just like neck to It's kind bottom. of misfits like the misfits logo. 
yeah. thing, but it's Poe instead. Yeah. yeah I like it. I uh, it. But on the back, it has a part. It has one of his like really famous lines. It's like the, I can't remember. It's like the dream within a dream line. Yeah. But it's written like uh, if you're an eye doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. It. It's I like, uh, man, I wish I knew the line right now. I can't see the back of my shirt, but it's like, you might have to get up and turn around. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's like all that you, can see or seem is but a dream within a dream or something. That yeah. one, it looks like that, but it looks like if you were at the eye doctor where it just has the A at the top yeah. and then all the other lines. It'd be cool if it got blurrier the further it went down. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't do that. <laughs> all right. And uh, what are you drinking? And I see a, a like a warning symbol on yours with an exclamation point from yeah. here. So that says store cold and drink immediately. Okay. So it's like a kombucha. You'll die if it gets warm. That yeah, kind of I guess. So no. <laughs> so yeah. So it's a, it's a Goza. So it's a sour um, and it's called Goza the Gozarian. Amazing. And what's funny about this is it has like this, like, uh, like if you ordered something for the Ghostbusters from Wish. <laughs> from Wish? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. It, it has like the. Like if you had the Ghostbusters right, logo, right, right. but you ordered Ghostbusters stuff yeah. from Wish. If you can wait 15 days for your 15 Ghostbusters apparel, yeah. this is what you're going to get. Yeah, the Ghostbusters symbol that's on the top of this thing looks like, yeah, it looks like that. But yeah, so the name of it goes to the Gozarian. It's like a play off of the yeah. Ghostbusters, uh, from Ghostbusters to the Vigo, the Carpathian yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's a sour ale. It's brewed by New Serium uh, Brewing Company. From uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. So this is another local one, um, and uh, it's weird. So it's so it's Ghostbusters themed because the beer is green as shit. Like Bright it looks green. exactly like Ecto Cooler. It really does. Yeah. And uh, the reason for that is because so from the description it says brewed with sea salt, like all sour ales, uh, coriander, high sea punch. So it actually has like high C punch mix in Fair. it. Ecto cooler. Yeah. yeah. Ecto cooler. And then it has chlorophyll, the right. shit that Just makes like leaves. The, the green. power plant of, of all leaves and plants. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then pineapple juice, orange peel, lemon peel, and grapefruit peel. Okay. Just yeah. peels and chlorophyll. Like, yeah. yeah. You're going to turn and, into swamp thing over there. And high C. Yeah. Yeah. It's swamp drink. I mean, it looks like a blend of ecto cooler and. Uh, um. Oh God! What was that soda? That was Surge. Oh yeah. Surge, Did you ever yeah. drink that? No, but I've seen it, and I was glad I never. Oh drank man, it. I loved Surge. Really? Yeah. yeah. So I was in it's like scary for me. Well, I was in like middle school when that came out, and that uh, that stuff came out like right before the whole like um Jolt Cola, yeah, and yeah. energy drinks and all that stuff. Yep. And um, you know, all the like. North Raleigh moms are like getting all up in arms because they're like, that stuff has so much caffeine yeah. in it. Our yeah. kids are going to die. And it did. And some did. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. <laughs> and some kid definitely like oh, overdosed oh, yeah. on it or whatever. But so their whole thing is that stuff was green and all that too. Yeah. And this stuff just looks a lot like that, but like way darker. Um, but yeah. So it's, uh, it's got an amazing the- griffin on the front, like an Egyptian griffin in yeah. is it gold or green. I'm very, it's green. Okay. It looks like, um, like those giant, like, I don't remember there being like a griffin 
or anything in Ghostbusters. So I'm not sure what this is supposed to be. The uh, the dogs, the hell dogs. Yeah, the, but they were things. they were like hellhounds. They yeah, the hellhounds. Yeah. They weren't griffins though, which is definitely what this is because it has like the lion bottom with the bird head and the wings and all. Yeah, that. it's definitely Egyptian like uh, hieroglyphics kind of look. Yeah. yeah, it reminds me of that part at the end of the um, uh, what's that movie called? The Never Ending Story. Okay. Where he's like, has to, yeah, no, where he has to like walk through this thing, the like, and there's like these truth things on either side of him. And if he's oh, not yeah, pure yeah, yeah. of heart, they laser beam you to yeah, death yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Like this reminds me of that, except instead of having like boobs and a lady's head, that's going to laser beam you. It's just a griffin. Yeah. They're definitely like guarding some sort of pyramid. That yeah. is the look we're looking at. Well, yeah. this is guarding the very green sour ale <laughs> and for a sour it's coming in pretty heavy right yeah. it's yeah so this is it's an 11 ibu so super low yeah i don't know what srm is but it says it's a six and then it says it's green which it is um, hmm. and then the abv is eight which is pretty high for that's the, a for lot the, i that feel like sours yeah. are like five to six I remember uh, we went somewhere with my wife and I grabbed her a cider and it was like 11%. Uh, and what? For a cider? I remember thinking like, what are they doing here? Like, <laughs> like what's your what's your end game here with this? Uh, they put diesel in it. At right. End. Yeah. Like they put it in the can and then they blend it with diesel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's definitely really good. Like if I had to say a beer tasted like green. This is it. Yeah, this beer tastes like green drink beer. It is a green but beer. It's still like I feel like I need to take another sip of it real quick. Just like, would you would you recommend <laughs> would you recommend this for an Irish situation? Is this a St. Patty's Day? Drink? Oh, this is so much better than green PBR. Sure, of course, yeah, a hundred percent better. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean it's good. Like, it's definitely sour. It's not overwhelming with the salt. Like for people who are not like me, who are not super into sours, but I really do like Berliners. It's not yeah. quite as tart or sweet okay. or the drinkable. The salt can be a lot for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, like you can definitely tell it's a Goza. You can definitely tell it has salt in it. Okay. It's very in the Goza sour realm. It's just probably somewhere more in the middle of like a Goza and a Berliner. Okay. Because it's not tart and it's not sweet, but it's also not ultra sour or ultra salty. But it still has high C in it. And it still actually has flavor. That's good. That's Which is the thing that usually throws me off about goes. It's like that one we drank the other week where it was like the iced tea tasted like bad tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this actually does taste like beer. Yeah. 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 And but, I mean, it actually looks like a beer compared to the one we were drinking, which was, it looked like tea left on a counter. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's slightly salty, has that little bit of goes a thing going on. It's, there's no sweet. It's definitely kind of tart. You definitely need to drink it when it's cold as shit. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like I can taste a ton of like grapefruit or pineapple juice or whatever they say is in it. I'm yeah, not 100% peels, sure what coriander peels. tastes like. Yeah. But there's pineapple juice and then there's orange peel, lemon peel, and grapefruit peel. So where is Salisbury? Do you, I mean, you know, you're a native. Where's that? Uh, isn't that where that dude who went, tried to kill people in Pizzagate's from? I believe you may be right about that. I yeah. think he is. Which direction is it? Do you know? Do you have I don't know. Instinct? Let me consult my phone and find out. Let's, let's have a look at your phone. I All think right, I have go. a feeling Salisbury. it's towards the center. Salisbury. Kind of kind of 
halfway between here and Charlotte, but I may be totally wrong. Uh, yeah, no, well, not halfway between here and Charlotte. It's almost dead halfway between Greensboro and Charlotte. Okay. All like, right. yeah, almost exactly halfway between Charlotte and Greensboro on 85. Okay. So like, for people not in the North Carolina region, that is uh, halfway between nowhere and somewhere else where you probably don't want to go. And <laughs> yeah, but it's like the sort of like two thirds left hand side. Of okay. The state. Yeah. But yeah, still it's, it's in the middle of nowhere. The closest thing to it is like Concord mills or whatever, which is where Lowe's motor speedway is for anybody yes. who doesn't know that. Yeah. 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 Which it's is good. A cool place. I'm into it. This is the second time actually I've drank this beer. Oh, okay. I drank it, uh, sitting on the couch, lamenting election anxiety. Right. With yeah. the night of counting. We are we are on the other side of that, at least on the other side of what the uh, media is called. <laughs> um, yeah. So so <laughs> that it's going to be interesting to see what develops from that. Uh, for sure. Yeah. You, I mean, you never know. The media does and says all kind of dumb shit. And, it, it, you know, we they've called Biden. I called Biden before. Yeah. I know, I know you called him, too. Yeah. I mean, Biden winner. will be in the White House. January 21st. I don't think there's any concerns about that, at least from my point of view. I Well, I'm a realist. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't call literally anything until sure. I am 100% oh, I call sure stuff so fast. Until the, until yeah. the, unless the fat lady is over here doing some singing yeah. and shit, I am not sold. So I know Biden's been called, but I'm not sold. Like I Until the election commission comes out, until the electorates vote, yeah, I am. Um, anything can happen. I, I get it. it yeah. There's still wild cards out there. There's still dice to be rolled. Like, yeah, uh, is it likely it'll be? Yeah, it'll be that it'll be Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. But uh, the lady has not sung. So no, no, not at all. Last night, my uh, my wife called me the uh, like prophetic because I uh, I was talking about how Biden was going to win it and it was going to be contested the exact way it was contested. I've been saying this for two months now. Yeah. And then uh we started ta- like we started talking about some of the other stuff and like she was like, Yeah, Jake was talking about COVID in November and talking about how we were <laughs> gonna be locking stuff down and how this was gonna happen and all this yeah. stuff and yeah, so it's well, okay. Well, should we make some predictions? Let's do it. What do you got? What do you have right. a prediction for? So my prediction as far as election stuff okay. goes, I think we should make a couple of predictions. So, all right. All right. So let's do election stuff. And then since we just talked about COVID, COVID stuff. Okay. Or if there's it. any like stuff we see down the road that we think is going to happen so we can come back and be right. like, we were right or we were wrong. All right. So let's do prediction 2021. Yeah. Okay. So I think in the next six months, okay, Joe Biden's going to be deemed unfit and it's going to be President Kamala Harris. Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. Um, My bad. No, no, it's fine. It's not I, trying to offend her, anybody. Her name is very hard to pronounce. I like uh, pronouncing people's names correctly. Well, and it's interesting because there are some Kamala. people who specifically try, it, and you are not one of these people. There's people that specifically try to pronounce her name funny to make it sound funny. Like people who called Buttigieg, Buttigieg or Buttigieg or but, whatever. But, but a gig. Yeah, but a yeah, gig. Exactly. I thought yeah. that one was real funny. I had to laugh at that a little yeah. bit. Um, so it's... Uh, Yes, I I would say on the six month thing, I'm at a zero percent. A little fast. Uh, what? It's it's fast. I'm coming in hot. You're coming in hot. You are. You think it's going to be right out of the gate? I don't think so. Yeah. I think I think we're going to settle in. I think we're going to get about 1,200 executive orders, 
out of the gate. <laughs> oh um, I think there's going to be he's a gonna lot. He's going to be of, coming in with a flashing pen. He's going to get one of those ones where like you sign one and then there's the machine that signs 10 more, like the auto <laughs> signer thing. He's just going to be using that to blow out executive orders to undo oh stuff. God. And and I'm all I'm all for that, you know. And so I think I don't know, it depends. It does depend for sure. Yeah. And I think I think the reality is we're not looking at six months. I don't I don't think uh uh Joe's gonna make it to twenty twenty four. I, I do not think that is the case. I think there's gonna be something Isn't guys he had, like eighty one or something. No, no, I mean he's he's the same age as Trump, but he's like oh. He's had. Uh, he was older than him. Not really. No. He's he's had brain aneurysms. He's had he's had a couple other. Oh, issues. he's just had health problems. He has had some health problems, you know. And so, but his voice sounds weird because he's had a lifelong stutter. So like people hold that against him. But yeah. It just yeah, it just definitely makes him sound like yeah. he does not know what he's talking about, or it does. like yeah. he has yeah. some sort of yeah health problem. You know. I mean, look back at um, the JFK Nixon debates. If you go back way to, uh, I'm not going to say what year it is. I'm sure it was 63, 64, somewhere in that range. Yeah. But uh, when they did those debates, the people on the radio who were listening to it were so convinced that Nixon killed it. And then the people who were watching on TV thought that JFK killed it because... Interesting. Yeah. So like JFK was this like young whippersnapper and he had his Boston duds and he was looking fancy. But Nixon, uh, who is someone who's not used to going on television and all that stuff, he had his five o'clock shadow. He was sweating like a pig. Yeah. And he's up there under these heavy lights. You know, JFK is like in a different place and he's got the lights. This was a virtual debate. It was like thousands of miles away from each other. Oh, wow. Okay. And so JFK had to set up a little bit different, knew what was going on. He was very savvy about the media at that time, you know, for the early 60s. Okay. And people swore, like, you know, depending on how you listened, that's who won, you know? So it's it was kind of interesting. And, and now I we think, have, depending on which uh, media outlet you watch, that's who won. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's our new reality is that we are, we cozy down into our little echo chambers Social and, media, anybody? Right. And I mean, like, you can set up your, uh, and I was talking to my mother-in-law about this, is that she has her social media set up that she does not see any opposing views, period. I know so many people it's pretty much who everybody. are that same way, yeah. Everybody. And you know what? And I don't blame people that do that because, like, you want to be in your little comfy zone, and that's fine. But, like, I can't do that myself. Like, yeah. Like, my Twitter feed... 50% of my Twitter feed are like QAnon people, like <laughs> far, far right people. And then like the other side are like, you know, Anderson Cooper and Jake Tapper. And like, and not that those people are diametrically opposed on each side, but like, yeah. but you know, I have a definite widespread swath of opinion on my Twitter feed and it, and it keeps me kind of on my toes because I'll see Trump won, Trump didn't win, Trump did win. And like, you know, you see all these different things and like, if anything, it makes you want to like log out of social media faster, which is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I feel like I just don't keep around anybody who's like ultra polarized on either side. I you know what that, I mean? Yeah. Like I'm fairly in the middle. I'm, I feel like I'm fairly moderate. Yeah. And I'm definitely one of those people who's willing to like have an intelligent conversation. And For sure. if you can show me the data, provide me a good argument, yeah. I'll flip. You know, I will. And yeah. that's the kind of thing we need more people to be able Absolutely. to do but at this point people are just not willing to do that on both sides they're willing to go you know uh 
Joe Biden's a talking head skin bad who's going to be dead in the next six months, like there's a 0% chance I'm voting for socialism or they're going to be right. like orange man bad. Blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, and I'm just right. like, like I'm not willing to have conversations with people who do either of those two things. Right. So yeah. I don't keep those people around, but I feel like I keep the like slightly left and slightly right leaning sure. moderates around and people who are like definitely conservative and definitely liberal, but they're not like Q and honors and they're right. not like, I'm all stab you, you, you know, like you better for Trump. You're a racist, Blah, you know, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> I like, like keeping like, track of those people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like to know what they're thinking. Like yeah. either way, but like, I don't know. It's like, to me, it's like the conspiracy theory. I think we've talked about this before. The conspiracy yeah. theory has just gone mainstream. Like any Absolutely. random thing, anybody can be like, I'm afraid of X. They can like run down the thing with it. Easily. And I was, and yeah. I was talking to my wife about it. So she's a moderate as well, but she like leans a little more on the liberal side. And we had talked about this whole social media thing and had a really good conversation about the election and was talking about all this stuff. Um, but then I was like, do you think your opinion about the election has been uh, inadvertently like swayed more? Like, do you think feel like you've been pulled in a more polarizing direction the way that you've gone because of the way social media has pushed the echo chamber of liberalism sure, yeah. towards you and whatever? Like, it doesn't matter if Trump ever did a single good thing. You can't see that because the basically the... The four-year run of Democrat hate train towards yeah. conservative has basically done what it was intended to do. You know what I mean, right? Um, but a- anyway, that's getting kind of off the topic. No, I see what but, you're saying, though. But yeah, but anyway, yeah. But so back my, to predictions. Yeah, but yeah, my prediction within six, uh, six to a year. Let's say six to six a year. To a year okay. Six to a year. Joe Biden's gone. Kamala Harris is president. Okay. I'm going to say it's closer to year three and a half. Okay. Like, I mean, even Biden himself has said he's not a two-term president. Like, he's come out and said that. Um, so it's not surprising. So he's here to th- sign executive orders, throw Band-Aids. He was here to throw Trump out. I mean, and that was about it. And people are okay with that, you know? Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, uh, I think that it's definitely going to be around year three or something. I think... I don't think he's going to step down. I think he's going to have a health issue where he something has to happen, you know? Yeah, that's one thing as well, like deemed unfit or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it you probably won't I mean? be in the nefarious deemed unfit where like he's he's in his underwear on the on the, on the front lawn throwing, <laughs> he's throwing on, cats at people. We got to get him out of here. <laughs> he's throwing lawn darts in his underwear, <laughs> yeah. man. What's he no, doing? No, I think, <laughs> I think just like one day he's going to go to Walter Reed and then they're going to be like, you know, Uncle Joe's got a head bleed and we got to, we got to, we yeah, put Kamala in there. he broke his hip too many times right. falling over those rugs in the Oval Office. Right, and then and then Kamala is going to bring in like somebody like young and interesting, like not an AO, AOC type, but like somebody more moderate in the middle. Yeah, um, I think she'll bring in like uh, you know maybe like a Stacey Abrams or like uh, yeah, uh, you know, and, and there's going to be all these rising folks, and maybe maybe like an Elizabeth Warren or somebody, you know, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens. But yeah. there's no way Biden makes it to four years, and and I like Biden, you know, I've liked him for years, but it's that's where I'm at on that. I I, I think I'm just I think I have the same exact opinion you have. It's just two years further than you. Okay, are, you know, yeah. So all right, so and then COVID over the next while. Y'all keep your ear out if stuff happens in that scene. 
We do. Yeah. yeah. I want to know. Well, if I'm wrong in the next year, then you win. So I'll buy you a beer. All right. <laughs> I'll take a beer trade. That's hundred um, percent. You told me about another prediction you had that we, the U.S. is going to be back in shutdown within two weeks. You said, or what? Um, I was saying schools would be in shutdown after two weeks. I hope so. Yeah, same. My wife goes back Monday. Yeah, and I and tomorrow, I think, tomorrow, yeah, and I think. Um, you know, podcasts are always so weird about like talking about what date it is when they're recording. I like, I don't, like, I'm not that worried about it. So we know that this show is not going to release for a couple of weeks because yeah. we're trying to make it good. So we're trying to do our preparation. Right. When we release this, our show will have, this will have been co- recorded a number of weeks in advance yeah. of when it starts to release. Right. And, um, I mean, sorry, but you yeah, know, it's fine. November. I'm not apologizing <laughs> for that. <You> know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't really understand that either. What Why? is it? The sixth or something? Seventh? Yeah. Uh, it's the eighth. I know because I made some ranch yesterday and I had to date it. Um, But yeah, I don't understand. We'll talk about dates. Like, if so, if we have anything really crazy happen and we need to report a podcast like right away, like some crazy conspiracy comes out, we'll release an emergency episode. Oh, yeah. Like, that's probably what we'll do is like go off of our normal release schedule to drop like emergency conspiracy theory shit. It'll happen. Yeah. And it'll happen. So, uh, Jake's COVID predictions. Yeah, uh, yeah I want to so, know about that one. You were dead on about the last one. I was dead on it. I and and much to my uh, personal disaster, feeling about something. <laughs> uh, right. I'm I'm a prepper at heart. I come from a family of preppers. Like yeah. we freaked out at Y2K, and <laughs> and uh, you know have tried to carry it on from there. And so uh, for for this one in November, I started really watching what was going on in China. I saw how was it expanding. I saw how people were reacting. And I started talking to my wife about it, and she told me to shut the hell up. And yeah. uh, we went back and forth, back and forth. And then on New Year's Eve, we were at the uh, Doherty's Irish Pub in Raleigh. Okay. Pretty good location. I don't know that I've been there. It's not bad. Food's all right. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's serviceable for an Irish pub. And so uh, we're there on New Year's Eve, and uh, she says, okay, fine. Tell me, tell me what you're thinking about. I and like when my wife entertains me. She's like, I know you want to tell me about this show. I don't give a fuck about one hundred percent, yeah. And so, <laughs> and when they tell you, you're like, yes. At the point, I had been uh, compiling with someone else. I had been compiling a list of like possible scenarios of what was going to be happening with COVID. Okay. And one of the things we were looking at were infection rates and death rates. And we had a list. It, it was in a in a Google Doc of like where the deaths were going to happen. Yeah. And I showed it to her, and it freaked her out and like it was a very aggressive prediction it was probably 50 percent above normal of what actually happened okay um coming in hot yeah it was it was coming in hot i was expecting people be twice as stupid as they actually have been exactly which is totally you know well and uh, so so this was new year's eve and i showed her this and she was like okay you're freaking me out let's stop talking about it yeah and then um and then for the next couple weeks it started coming on the news a little bit and all that stuff and she's like okay let's Go ahead and show me what you're thinking about. And then January faded into February and nothing emerged. And she was kind of like ignoring me at that point. Yeah. And I had backed off you a lot. You freaked me out over nothing. Right, exactly. What are you doing to me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it started building back up a little bit. And she asked me um, what my thoughts, again, she came back to me and was asking me what my thoughts were. And I was like, I think we need to um, prepare. We need to buy a bunch of food. We need to do Oh, this. yeah, yeah. We talked about this in episode zero a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so... So I was like, we need to prepare. And I went to the store, bought everything. And then like a week later, 
I didn't buy fan. shit. This hit me like a ton of bricks. They were yeah. like, COVID. I was like, what? I'm like, I'm at home, like covering myself in piles of toilet paper, laughing while everybody's out <laughs> at the stores, you know? And uh, yeah, so anyways, my thoughts on what's going to happen is I, I definitely think within the next probably two to three months, we're going to be in a full lockdown, maybe less, okay. probably less. Probably so before February. Yeah, absolutely. Before the end of the year, probably. Okay. Um, and I forget it's November. It feels like yeah. October because it's hot out, but like. Um, yeah, it's oddly like 75 degrees. It's warm. It's a little warm out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, my, my thought is after Christmas sometime, like, I think, I think they're going to let everybody go have Christmas, have, have Thanksgiving. And then after that, it's going to get shut down. I mean, cause France locked down a hundred percent, Spain locked down a hundred percent. The UK is locking back down. You know, I heard that one. Yeah. All of the EU is locking down and it's because, you know, fall is coming. Flu season is bad. You know, yeah. it's not as bad of a flu season as we thought it would be. You know, you can you can predict how bad a flu season would be by looking at what's happening in Australia uh, previously to what when it comes here. Okay, so the, that's interesting. If, I didn't yeah, know that. so if Australia and New Zealand have a really bad flu season, you you can expect that America will too. Okay, because um, they get it months before we do because the bottom side of the planet thing. Sure, and so it looks like flu season probably won't be as bad as it should be. Um, probably because we're all wearing masks and being careful, you know? Yeah. Um, so, but we'll definitely probably lock down deaths. You know, we're already hitting record, record, uh, uh, new cases every day. We're at like a hundred thousand. Well, so let me ask a question. Is that because we are hitting record testing rates? No. Testing has actually gone down. So if you look at the amount of testing in bulk, it's actually dropping. So people are testing a little bit less than they were before. One of the reasons why people aren't dying as much, which, which that's if you're going to have a talking point, the talking point should be people are dying less, okay. is because we're getting better at treating it. So okay, when we were in March, you know, people go to a hospital, they're just like, F it, we don't know what to do with this guy. He's coughing up his own lungs and he's just going to die. Now they have like medication they can give the guy. They treat him for, for different kinds of like uh, pneumonia. They have all these like protocols that are in place where they can help treat people for for COVID. Okay, and it's saving people's lives. You know, people. Are, I mean, look at look at even look they're at just Trump. getting better at treating. It. Exactly. Look at Trump. You know, like Trump is an old obese man. Like by all accounts, he should have died by by getting it. You right. Know? And he went to the hospital. He got he got three point four million dollars worth of medical care, and he pulled through, and he's fine. You know, so right. Um, I, it, on the other hand, do not have three point four million dollars, so so it could be a little rough. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be tough for me. Yeah, so wear a mask. <laughs> wear a mask, kids. Wash and, your hands. Uh, hand sanity. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> so the average person is getting much better care now than they were in March. Yeah, just because of us learning. So that's interesting because I know like one of the arguments that people have had against COVID and all that stuff is that, of course, America is showing higher infection rates against other countries because we're testing on a higher percentage yeah. per capita. Yeah, that's I mean it's just not the case. Like we're we're not testing as aggressively as some other countries are. We've reduced testing a lot in some other places. I know it's like voluntary here. Uh, yeah. I mean like um voluntary. in other countries like there's a lot of testing where if you're gonna do this, you have to get a test. If you're gonna do that, you have to get a test. And yeah here like I haven't been tested yet. Uh, so I've gotten one test and it I don't was, leave my house though. Right. I mean, I don't either, but like we, we were going to see my sister-in-law and so we had to get a test just to be around yeah, her. Like I'm getting my very first test next week. Oh, for like work or something or? 
No, it's for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, go to see family or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so because my wife's going back to school. Right. Well, the next weekend deer season opens. Was she tested? <laughs> Was she tested for school? Uh, No. Oh, they're, they're just like, whatever, come on down. No, one so 100% <laughs> yes. Let me tell you from an insider's perspective. Sure, yeah. And by the time you guys hear this, we'll, we'll be way into It'll whatever's going to happen. Moment, but at yeah. this point, uh, North Carolina has hit record infection rates mm-hmm. every day Oh yeah, for the past month or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tomorrow, uh, Monday, November 9th, my wife goes back to school with students in front of her. Uh, the county has, is telling everybody everything's going to be fine. They have a plan. There's PBEs, blah, yeah. blah, 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 all that stuff. Okay. Well, uh, shocker, there's not. There right. is no plan. Um, my wife and I are financially responsible for essentially all PPEs yeah. for her and her classroom. Uh, there are no desk shields. Uh, if we want those, I have to pay for them. Right. Um, and probably have to go and set them up in the desks. Yeah. Uh, we have to, I, I would have to go install them. Um, I have to buy masks. I have to buy hand yeah. sanity. I have to buy gloves. I'm paying for everything. Yeah. Um, there's essentially no plan. Um, if my wife gets sick and is mandated to quarantine that comes out of her paid leave until her paid leave runs out and then cool. she goes on unpaid leave. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and basically every single day since the elementary schools opened up two weeks ago, they've had, uh, was it? Uh, I haven't heard the last statistic, but as, been of a the, bunch of cases. as of the middle of last week, it yeah. was like 20 something cases across 15 elementary schools. They're just, they're holding those cases until election day passes. That's uh, all yeah. 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 And so now, yeah, she's their, freaking out. Their I'm hope was out. that little kids wouldn't catch it as fast. Yeah. Well, and I'm so not worried about they, Well, yeah. I mean, they've showed there's like essentially a 0% chance that if a kid gets it, anything bad will happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm worried about my wife. I'm worried about myself. I'm yeah, worried about getting it, spreading it to my parents who are older, yeah. uh, spreading it to my wife's parents who are older, spreading it to her grandparents right. who one of them only has one lung is very sickly. The other yeah. one's very sickly. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's what we're worried about. So, and this whole schedule of them reopening is completely stupid to me. Um, and here's why, uh, we opened this week. So North Carolina, like many other States is doing how oh God we get, just as a pause, we got way off topic. We have a whole, whole other conspiracy theory to talk about after we get through this yeah, too. So we're, we're going to come back to it. Get ready. Uh, um, but yeah, what's ridiculous about it to me is so we opened, she, they opened school November 9th. Um, this entire week, uh, the A group is in. So North Carolina had a thing where you can opt to do virtual academy. And in that case, you never come in school. That's 60% of students. Right. The remaining 40% gets split into three groups, A, B, and C. Each of those groups is on a week being in school and yeah. off two weeks being out of school. Which is crazy because you're forcing kids to go to a classroom and then quarantine for two weeks. Yep. But you're not calling it quarantine. You're just sending no. them home to their parents. Right. So this is not mitigating anything that yeah. is causing parents issues with working from home because right. they're not all in school. Because kids kids catch it and spread it just as easily as well, anybody else. Well, because they're not you know? quarantining when they get home. Right. They go exactly. out of school and they hang out with their friends and they do what they do. Right. They do what kids do. They play outside. They wrestle. They I went to Goodberry's the other whatever. night. And there was like a hundred high school kids there. Yeah. Like just 100%. hanging out. My neighbors over here are all, have faces. three college age kids and all three of them are constantly having people over, hanging yeah. out in the backyard, wrestling with each other, whatever. Doing their thing. Um, 
Yeah. So, shared fluids. Yeah. <laughs> probably that's what I did. Um, so there's the three groups, A, B, and C. So this first week, A will be on. Uh, and they'll be in for four days because Wednesday is Veterans Day. So they'll be off. So they're in Monday, Tuesday, off Thursday, Friday. Right. And then uh, week two, uh, B group is on. And then week three okay. is the week of Thanksgiving. A lot about. And it is um, mandated virtual. So A, <laughs> so A group is on four days. Next week, B group is on five days. Next week, mandated virtual because it's Thanksgiving. And then the third week, the rotation starts over. So two weeks before Thanksgiving, six days after the election, yeah. we're going back to school so that there can be a total of five, six, seven, eight, nine in school days. Right. For no reason. I And there's no PPs and there's no plan and there's no nothing. Yeah. I would. I'm mad. <laughs> I mean, as you should be. It's, it's so ridiculous. I would put money down saying that there won't be a return to normal after Thanksgiving. I think it'll be wrapped up by then. Like people will be back home. I mean, I know, I know a guy who just started like back to full virtual. Yeah. I I mean, I know a guy who just started a job in Charlotte and they were like, Hey, we're going to get everybody out here by December and then to Charlotte. Yeah. Into their new big office that they're building. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then now they're like, uh, maybe we're actually talking about November, 2021. Like they just yeah. went from like this December to November 21, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like my office where I live, um, my office, I would work out of if I was in a uh, person at work um, is like almost dead on exactly two miles from my house. Yeah. Like I could, I've ridden my bike there. Yeah. And, um, and you'll never see that place again. Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like there's a 0% chance I'm ever going to be there again. If, like one of the ways you could tell is look at when your lease runs out. And if your lease for your office runs out in the next like six months or so, you're not going to see an office again. So what's funny is we used to have the third floor of this building. We had the entire floor and there was like, uh, there's like a kegerator and ping pong tables and pool sure. tables and like hanging swings outside and all, all this gone. cool shit. Yeah. Uh, Cause I work for a sales company and we're basically all alcoholics and uh, <laughs> all we want to do is like have fun. Um, So, <laughs> so that's what we would do while we were there. But then, um, uh, they decided to move offices. And so within the same building, they moved to the second floor okay. and they started that whole process like right before COVID. And yeah. then they ended it, ended it as in completed it right as shutdown was happening. Oh. And so nobody has seen the new office. It's just oh, like sitting man. there completed Brutal. and empty this entire time. Yeah. It's just so silly. Oh Yeah. And so then they're new there, so it's probably a one-year lease. So like it's no, it's a company. It's like a five-year. Oh, it'll probably be like five or seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. They'll, they'll yeah. hold on to it. But like, I know a lot of companies that like their leases are ending in the next like six to eight months. And they're just like not virtual. Renewing. Like Twitter, Twitter <laughs> is like there's no more. Nobody in Twitter has to go to an office anymore. Like it's just done. Yeah. Like all Twitter. So. Yeah, I mean it, it makes sense. Like there's definitely perks to working from home. Yeah, I mean, oh, I was okay. I was working from home before all this, so it was nice. Yeah, same. Yeah. So, do we want to jump into the actual? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so now that our fancy pants listeners have listened to forty minutes of us talk about yeah. beer and COVID and predictions and stuff, I mean, Fair. I don't hate it. Like, let's let's keep going. So, yeah. All right. So that was our show opener, right? <laughs> quick um, intro, right? Quick <laughs> intro. So, okay. 
So the real purpose of today's episode is to talk about Lyme disease and weaponized ticks. Yes. So let's talk about that, which I essentially, I know some about Lyme disease and ticks, but I do not know anything about the weaponizing part. Right. So, okay. So we're going to walk through this. So, all right. Um, I'll start with some stuff and then we'll, we'll get back and forth. So the, um, the actual, like the mainstream origin story of Lyme disease is that the United States, uh, back in the 1960s, this mysterious ailment afflicted a group of people in and around Lyme, Connecticut, Lyme, Lyme disease. Uh, 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 see yeah. what happened there? Yeah, knee slapper. Uh, <laughs> eventually, <laughs> uh, scientists determined that it was caused by a spirochet, which is a, a flexible, spirally twisted bacterium uh, that, well, originally that's what causes syphilis. That kind of... You know, the French disease... That's how it happens. And uh, so it's actually transmitted by the bite of an Ixodes tick, which uh, there's two types of ticks. There's Ixodes and then the other type. The Ixodes are the, the little hard guys. And then in other countries, you see soft ticks that are like gummy bears that just latch onto you and suck your blood. What? Horrible, horrible little things. That sounds horrible. Yeah, so we only like see the hard nightmare. ones. Yeah, we really only see the hard ones. The soft ones are like, like uh, Starship Troopers, the thing he put his hand on. Like they are scared. Oh, that's yeah, God. that's that's what they look like, but not that big, obviously, not uh, 10 feet tall. That's gross, yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> the uh, the Lyme disease bacterium, uh, Boreala burgdorferi, is spread through the bite of infected ticks. It's hard to detect, even harder to kill. And the uh, the black legged tick or the deer tick, uh, is the one that spreads it throughout the northeast. Now, uh, it's been spreading to the mid Atlantic north central united states all the way through ohio and um now you see it in all 50 states there's uh not as heavily in all 50 states okay but there have been uh you've you've detected lime and tick bites in all 50 states of the u.s including hawaii alaska oh shit that's crazy i was about to ask and the like yeah barrier islands and all that shit i don't know about the barrier i don't know about costa rica uh you know i'm not sure about gitmo but but i've known I know in the the 50 contiguous states that is happening. Okay. So, yeah. Well, uh, if you don't know or you've never been to North Carolina, we have a fuck ton of ticks. We here. do have a couple ticks here. So many. <laughs> there are a few here. And That's a whole thing. My original, my tick origin story did happen in North Carolina. So, oh man, I'm so sorry. It, well, you know, I came here and I paid the price. So sucks. <laughs> and now I live here. Go home and right. be insurgents. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So so the, the, the ticks that actually cause problems typically yeah. are the size of poppy seeds. So that's the one little most common poppy seeds. You yeah, see I know as, like our rule of thumb always has been like if you see a big one, j- just like get in there deep and yank them out. Yeah. But if you see a little one, like you might be in trouble. We're, we're going to touch on this. So, like, uh, one of the interesting things is, like, ticks have to be on you for a little while for there to be any real damage. So, yeah. Well, I know, and a good thing, too, as our other rule of thumb was, like, if we got back in the house and we would always search each other. Sure. Like, that was our, that was our rule. Like, if we'd well, you were kids, woods, it happens. You're playing We'd check each other's hair. Yeah. Uh, you'd have to, you know, <laughs> well, you would check your own, you know, uh, downstairs Junk. area. But, yeah. like, you know, if you needed to. You know, I'd you got you, you got a buddy. It's a buddy system. Yeah, you yeah. know, you don't want to get a tick up your butt. It's happened before. I've pulled a tick off of somebody's inside between their butt cheeks before, like, like on the anus. The like, I mean, not on the mucosa, but like in between the cheeks. Sure, yeah, in between. That's like, rough. I mean, I've, uh, I 
had a buddy I used to work with, and I'll tell a story about this once we get into like more of our like, okay. Tick We're going to come back to that. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. we'll circle back around. Remind so, me about the guy with the tick on his balls. Oh, okay, <laughs> and I, and I've got one too. So it's uh, right now. Um, so Lyme disease, other tick-borne illnesses are just they're blowing up all over the United States because of obviously climate change. You know, Greta Greta Thunberg's been warning us about this. Yeah. Uh, you know, long wet winters, warmer climates. She's warmer, so angry about it. Oh. She's telling us every day. She's out there telling us. Yeah. Warmer climates. Tons and tons of people are building homes in what used to be rural areas. So people are pushing into the exurbs. Yeah. Exurbs, like the outside of the suburbs. And that what they're doing is they're tearing down local populations of trees and plants. And then all of a sudden they've got ticks all over the house. And they're like, how, what did I do to anger God? And there's ticks in their house because obviously they you know, they build right. a house in the woods and that's yeah, what you do. It's like, so here west of Raleigh, there's a lake that I use. My parents used to take us to when we were young. We had a boat, but we moved to a different lake because we didn't okay. like that one. And um, so uh, it's called Jordan Lake. It's west of Raleigh. Oh, lake Jordan. And, yeah. Yep. And, um, lake Jordan Brewery, shout out. I think they just closed. Oh, uh, I had never even heard of that. Oh, I think they just went out of business. So oh, never mind. don't worry I'm about sorry. it. Sorry. Um, yeah, so we never used to go there because um, that lake has leeches. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, any all the camping areas around it, like you needed to be ready to get fucked up by ticks because the lake was full of leeches and the wow, whole yeah. wooded area around it was just destroyed by ticks. And there's just... So been, people avoided it just for that? Like No, I mean, people still went there. Oh, okay. We just didn't go there because <laughs> there's another lake that was closer that was nicer. So yeah. that's where we would Minus go. the ball-sucking leeches and ticks. Yeah, I mean, so it was the lake we would go to called Falls Lake is the reservoir for Raleigh. And my dad designed the water treatment oh, cool. facility that I think pulls I've water near out. there. I'm pretty sure I've hiked out near there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it pulls water out of the um, Falls Lake Reservoir. Yeah. Treats it, and that's what we drink is the cool. Falls Lake water. Okay. And so that water has to be a certain, I drink Perrier, a certain so, more clean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I prefer <laughs> San Pellegrino, but oh, you know, it's, fucking. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> but so that's where we would go. But up a lot of people boat there, so the water was is dirty ish as far as a lake that's boated. In sure, it. yeah. Um, there's no leeches there. The surrounding area is a lot uh, less tick infested, so it's easier to Makes camp sense. there, stuff like that. But, Growing up, uh, my family, we went to Beaver Dam Lake in northern Indiana. Okay. We have one of those here, too. Do we? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh. Well, it's not a lake. There's a section of Falls Lake called Beaver Dam. Oh, cool. Okay. So, yeah. So, this was a lake. Uh, my family had a house there. The house was built out of lava rock, which was pretty cool. Oh, that Black is Black cool. lava rock. A very cool house. I'd love to see what it looks like now. Um, but, yeah, we used to go there and, like, we would trudge out. I had a... I, Where is it? Indiana? Northern Indiana, yeah. Okay. And I used to pull uh, leeches off me. Uh swaying around there yeah it was they're gross. so gross they are gross and they're yeah they're horrible okay so anyways so every year we're looking at something around three hundred thousand to four hundred thousand new cases of lyme disease every year which is huge that's that, a lot that is a massive amount so um just for comparison uh every year there are about two hundred and twenty-five thousand cases of lung cancer and uh, every year, 1.5 million Americans are diagnosed with diabetes. So if you just want to like put that in a in a zone of how many, you know, diabetes Half the super number common. Of people with diabetes, yeah. So and twice the number of people with lung cancer every year get Lyme disease. Pretty much, yeah. So right. it's so it's a big number, and and Lyme disease is a very scary thing. We'll get into that a little more. Yeah. 
So, uh, like I said before, uh, it's it's in all 50 states. Uh, it's been reported. And 25% of the cases are in children. Uh, I think they rank that as 13 and under. Um, okay. Of course, children run through woods. Children are out there. Kids they go barefoot. Are, they do all kinds of stuff. Kids they are, go to Y camp. Yeah, exactly. You know, kids whatever. are being kids. So, they're they out there. They do stay over camp. Shit I always wanted to do but didn't. Yeah. Well... And the funny thing is they say 25%, but that means 75% are adults. So actually, you know, three quarters of the people getting it are adults. But well, adults have more money. And better health care, <laughs> typically. Uh, <laughs> I, I would argue my health care is worse. It's possible, yeah. My parents had really good health care when I was a kid. My yeah, mom so did mine. Yeah, my mom was a nurse. My dad was a cop. They yeah, like my health care all the way through college because I stayed on my parents' health care until I graduated. Okay. It was good. Yeah. And now I wish trash. I, had and I wish I had the health care. Actually, my company's health care is pretty good. I'm not going to complain about nah. it. I mean, mine's good. It's just expensive. Yeah. I pay for it. All right. So here's the meat. Like here's the, uh, <laughs> here, here's the, uh, here's what, here's the Berluminati take. Here's okay. what we're looking at. Where does the conspiracy start? Exactly. So uh, Lyme disease, it, this is what they say. Lyme disease was introduced into the Northeastern region of the U.S. by a man-made strain of Borrelia burgdorferi, And we're going to get into Burgdorferi. It's a, it's a guy's name. It's a scientist. Uh, so Borrelia burgdorferi that escaped from a high containment biological warfare laboratory on Plum Island because cases before the 1960s are almost entirely unheard of and most of the earliest cases stem from a single area in the United States and the Northeast. Okay. So, so we think it was definitely... It's like a murder hornet. So it couldn't be like a murder hornets thing like it, where it came from another country or something? Right. So, well, I mean, it could possibly, but the the quote-unquote injection zone of where people started noticing cases. Okay. Our ground zero. Right. Our ground zero is around this area called Plum Island, which is... Where um, is that? So it's near Montauk, New York. Montauk from the famous like Montauk labs and where this is where uh, conspiracy theorists think like time travel was invented, AIDS was invented there. Like all these people think all this stuff was invented there and it's this, okay. it's this crazy high-end, like, military uh, island where they do all these experimentations and do okay. all this stuff. They so this is like biological the uh, warfare. basement of Guantanamo Mark II? Sort of, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so this is where <laughs> they develop their biological weapons. Where they, and this is the theory. This is the thought. Okay. And so in the early days, um, they when they, in the 60s and 70s, Lyme disease was just starting to get noticed by people in this area. Okay. So... From basically Lyme, Connecticut, down to Montauk, New York, there was a thing called Montauk Knee, which people thought that like their like knees your knee, started, yeah, their knees started hurting. Okay, and so one of the one of the things about Lyme disease is you start getting a lot of joint pain. You know, so these people that lived in the area were having issues with their joints, and they were like, "Oh, I have Montauk Knee," and they like didn't know why it was developing there. Well, okay, ticks were brightening up. You know, so so the question is. Is that the original spread point? Is that where it came from? Is this where it started and where it spread from? And was it man-made? Is this an accident or is it on purpose? Well, I mean, from what you told me so far, that's 100% ground zero. And I absolutely believe it was You're man-made. sold. You're yeah, in. I'm sold. I don't like, have to go any further. I'm into it. Fair. Okay. Uh, it was designed it as a done. weapon and got released by accident. Basically the same as COVID. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean... It, Perfect. We're gonna get <laughs> it. It just that. came out of Montauk Lab or wherever Plum yeah. Island Lab instead of uh you know wherever the Chinese released it from. Yeah, on 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 purpose accident. And I mean, 
it wouldn't be unusual for like what what the and and this is the thing we're going to talk about soon. Okay. Uh, the U.S. government has not been shy about like testing stuff on on its own citizens. That's like it's and and that's not a question. That's proven. Like the U.S. government has admitted that they've been testing things on their citizens. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the way back to the early 1900s. You know. Yeah. I mean, there are um, in the last number of years they tested drones on us and yeah. people didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And they did so, it in Baltimore. So I'm yeah, and I'm gonna go into like the early versions of that. Okay. So first question, what are your experiences with ticks? Like, what have you? My experiences. Yeah, okay. your personal experience. Okay, so I was like a super outdoorsy kid. Same. Um, but you know those people who always say like, um, I don't know why, but mosquitoes are always attracted to me. Yeah. Or they'd be like, You're Have that you guy. eaten bananas today? Oh. Are are a lot of bananas? attracted to or are um uh, mosquitoes are attracted to you because you ate bananas today or anything like that? Have you ever heard any of that kind of stuff? No, but it makes sense. Potassium makes sense, sure. Okay. Um well I am the complete opposite. I am like the mosquitoes tic- hate you. I am the tick denier. Okay. Mosquitoes loving me. I am the I am Oh wait, antithesis. mosquitoes love you, ticks hate you. Yeah. I am the antithesis okay. of the tick magnet. What's your blood type? Do you know that? O negative. O negative. I'm O positive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um side uh, side note on that, I actually keep a running list of people I meet who are O negative. So in case I'm ever in an emergency or they're in an emergency, they need blood. Yeah. I, they've basically committed to show up to do a transfusion. I'm O positive, so I don't care. Yeah. It's anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could just hit anybody over the head with a brick and they give me blood. So I'm good. Wait, no. Wait, no, no. That's not O you positive, all, Nope. That's AB positive. AB positive. Yeah. I'm yeah. yeah. I but can I'm, o- I'm O positive. Yeah. Uh, you can only receive O negative and O positive. Oh, I got to I gotta redo my murder list. Yeah. And I'm O negative, so I can only receive O negative. Okay. So that's why that. I keep a list of O negs. Okay. Smart. Yeah. And I Smart. have a jacket inside that has an O neg patch My wife on has it. it on her keychain. Like yeah. She is. She's B something. Yeah. I, I keep my, uh, I keep my blood card in my wallet. Smart. But yeah. But yeah, no, for some reason, ticks just, they don't want to fuck with me. Like in my entire lifetime, I can probably count on my hands and toes the number of times I've had to actually pull an embedded tick off me. Have you had to pull ticks off other people? Oh yeah, so much. Like a good amount. Yeah, so um, as a fun fact, so my dad is a um, civil engineer here in North Carolina and he does a lot of like public work stuff. Like if we drove around Raleigh, I could point, Cool. Be like, my dad designed that water tank. My dad designed that water tank. There's a reclaim line that runs under us. My dad designed that. Cool. Um, I was named after a road in Durham, Cameron Road, which my dad was designing a giant um, water treatment facility reclaim line on Cameron Road in Durham at the time that I was born. And so I'm named after that road in Durham. My dad was doing project on. Um, And so what what this is getting to is basically when you're a big civil engineer, you do a bunch of project stuff. You have to get to know people who do geotechnical work, um, you research like that. You get to know fence people to build fences around your water tanks. Yeah, um, but one of the things you have to get to know is people who survey, right? Okay. So land surveyors yeah. and stuff like that. And so when I was in college, I was looking for a summer job. And um, my dad had this real old school Southern dude friend who owned a land surveying company and I went to work for him. And so cool. I, I did, I basically cut line and land surveyed That's every awesome. summer in college. And I made really uh, good Around money. Raleigh? Yeah. Um, all the way from like east of Raleigh, all the way past Chapel Hill, 
Cool. Um, there's this giant reclaim line that they put in that comes from the southern part of the News River all the way back through eastern Wake County, all the way up through NC State's campus. That's a giant reclaim water line. Yeah, I surveyed yeah. that entire water line. That's cool. Yeah. Um, like I had to like. What walk. a cool way to like. I know. See places. Yeah. I know. And surveying is really interesting. It's an interesting thing. Like if you don't know anything about it, it's really cool. And there's all this tech that goes into it now. Yeah. Um, G- like GIS. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. But there's these really cool surveying robots called uh, uh, Trimbles. Okay. And they're like $30,000, $40,000 a piece. Cool. And um, it basically uh, is a way to replace a two-man surveying crew because the Trimble machine um, tracks you. Oh. It has a laser, like you have this little stick and on the top it's this little crystal and the laser tracks where Whoa. the crystal moves. So you move around and the Trimble automatically moves oh, around and scary. follows you. Yeah. Like the eye awesome. of Soren just like watches <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. And you have this little computer that you tell it as you're taking um, shots, which basically what land surveying is. Is, is this it, on the ground or is it up in the air? So the Trimble sits up in the air. Okay. And essentially what you do with land surveying is you go find these Corps of Engineer um, little things on the ground. Yeah. And they have designated GPS points associated okay. with them. These were things that were put in the ground like a hundred years ago or something. Um, no, Corps of Engineers puts them in all the time. Oh, okay. They're, I mean, they're they're one of those things in our infrastructure that if you never needed to look for one you or never you didn't know. know what they were, you'd never yeah. know what they are. Um, uh, but they're these things that you we, that surveyors know where they are and they use them and Corps of Engineers knows where they are and use them. And um, <clears throat> they can go out and find them and then basically there's one everywhere. Like no matter where you are, somewhere within a football field of two or two of you, probably right. there is a Corps of Engineers GPS location uh, spot. Scary but cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, basically you can go find it. And it's this little round like two or three inch cop uh, brass medallion that okay. here just gets embedded into the ground. Okay. And I've seen some of those hiking yeah, around and stuff. Yeah. And they're embedded in the ground in a way that they'll never move elevation up and down. Like yeah. They compact the ground under them. They put them in concrete vaults and then they put this little thing on top of them. And um, you, you shoot it and then you shoot another point and you shoot another point and you keep moving your way along. And as you're shooting the points, uh, the computer tracks the elevation change between okay. and direction change between where the point was and where your next shot is. Okay. Um, and basically you start by doing this. You shoot one point, you shoot another point, you create a triangularization and it tells you what your elevation is and your location on the planet. And then from there you create this chain of shots to where you get to where you're shooting. And then from there you shoot and you basically create this topographical map based on these little shots that you make. And then they put it in AutoCAD and they make a topographical map of it. So this is how they map the flat earth. Yep. This is how you map the flat earth. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so anyways, um, that's what we use to do all that stuff. And these trimble cool. things are really cool. And What a um, cool job. Like, yeah, like just it, walking around the woods doing that stuff? Cool. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of hard work. There's math. Lots of I math. Yeah. swung a bush axe sure. so much. Because like if you can't see... And just the, spiders. And yeah. Spiders. If, the late, if the trimble can't see you, it can't follow you. So you have to cut. Oh, it's line of sight. Oh, yeah. Oh, Everything okay. has to be out of the way in between you. So if you're in the woods, you got to cut Jesus. trees down. you got to cut line down. you got to get branches down. Do um, they do that with drones now? No, you can't. You have to. It has to be on the ground. Okay, because you have to be able to measure exactly the elevation gotcha. between the little crystal it's shooting in the ground. So yeah. you have a set elevation. Wow. Okay. And then you have to have a set elevation on the actual machine, and then you have to set, uh, make sure that it's um, 
completely flat. Like there's multiple like level, like level bubbles level. on it. It has to be perfectly level. You can't handle perfect level. Yep. And then you have to <laughs> measure the exact distance between it and the ground yeah. so it knows how much to adjust. All this ridiculousness. And sorry, I'm cool. way off a of track. No, it's cool. And it's, pretty, it's pretty cool. But um, yeah, like when I was surveying this reclaim line, I had to carry a $40,000 trimble above my head through a swamp that was up to my armpits. Like oh. I had to do all kind of stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> there's a, our like really big where we have concerts here is called, um, it used to be called Walnut Creek Pavilion. It's called something else now. Yeah. It's a live down right next to it. Yeah. yeah. So there's a whole, um, area behind, um, Walnut Creek in between it and there's like a softball fields competition complex back there yeah. off of sunny at this place called, uh, sunny Brook road. I think. And um, if you park at the softball complex and walk back behind Sunnybrook Road, there's this giant exposed sewer line that you can walk on, on top of. Oh, cool. For like 400 Through yards. the wetland kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Basically, there's this like weird, I think I know where you're talking about. Wetland forest area, and there's this elevated sewer line, and you can walk on it for like five or 600 yards. Wow. And it's really cool. It gets really high up off the ground. It goes over a bunch of like uh, creeks and stuff like that. And then um, you can jump off of it and cut underneath of some railroad tracks and there's uh uh geo what's that thing called where you like geocache there's a bunch of geocaches back there that you can find um and there's all these railroad tracks we had to go along like all this stuff like that anyways what i'm getting to is um when you are (laughs) surveying you end up being in the woods a lot yeah and anyways, had a tickle. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyways, in all the three or four summers that I did that, I pulled two ticks off me. Wow. Okay. The whole time. Yeah. And um, I had a, but I had not a buddy. I wouldn't call him a friend. He was actually kind of the worst, one of the worst human beings. <laughs> but <laughs> just but, a garbage um, person. Yeah. This dude was not a good dude. And um, but there would be a lot of times that we would get back to the office or if you even want to call it that um from a day of surveying oh, and yeah. i mean this dude was hovered in ticks uh, and i would like you know take all my shit off and i'd be like nope all good so you're immune i don't know um i don't know if maybe i was just like better at applying um that that the bug stuff. spray yeah yeah because so, DD, not ddt uh, deet yeah we yeah. supposed to get in lavender and there's a couple we'll get into that Natural a little bit too things. how to keep mafia yeah. yeah but like there's a they even have special surveying stores that you can go to where you can buy like um spray paint cans that spray while they're still upside down that's what those people who come out and locate your utilities use oh oh yeah yeah yeah. I yeah. Know what you're about. yeah yeah so there's like special cans of spray paint that spray when they're upside down they have like tape they have bush axe heads like um, sure. stuff you use to sharpen bush axes they and then endless amounts axes. of that spray yeah like and then the yeah date. and then yeah and then they have i mean like a giant rack full of yeah there's this i don't even know what it's called now but it's a um it's a outdoor bug spray that can is camo okay and i think that's has, early deed like when they like some of the earlier stuff yeah i mean they still what make color it. uh pants did you wear uh, dark blue, dark blue. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They say, uh, the darker, the color you wear, the more likely ticks are to grab on. Yeah. Like I typically, it depends on what we were doing during the day, but typically I wore, um, like light brown boots, uh, just like Dickies. 
basically. Okay. You yeah. know, like the Dickies blue. The standard mechanics Dickies. Yeah. yeah. And then like a white tee or okay. whatever shit. Yeah. Shirt, shirt, t-shirt I had. And um, yeah, I would, we would get like, I mean, can on can on can of this yeah. camo yeah. bug spray. And I mean, it said, I mean, it had the longest warning label. The whole can was a warning label. There right. wasn't even like a brand And then there was like a, like a CVS receipt hanging down from the can that yeah. was more warning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. But I mean, this shit, it had all these warning labels on it. It was like, do not put it on your skin. Do not yeah. spray more than this amount on you at one time. Do not breathe it They're in. They're like, do just don't even open the can. Like, yeah. You'll die. Um, but like, I would have to spray that stuff around my boots and then right. I'd have to spray it on the outside of my pants. Then I'd spray it around my knees. Then I'd spray it around my waist. Yeah. Um, and that was basically it. And yeah. that would keep them off me because ticks don't normally get above on you above. No, because like that's button. a big myth. They don't drop from there. Like people say they drop. No, from trees. you pick them they, up. No, because people find them in their hair and they think they drop from the trees. But like when that's you find because a, t- a branch hit you on the head. Well, mo- actually, more likely ticks, ticks crawl very fast when, when they're motivated. They move quick. Yeah. And so if they're on your outside of your clothes, they'll move up to your hairline very fast. You know, it's, it's not a slow thing. Yeah, and you won't feel them. No, not at all. And, like and you don't thumb, feel their bite either. It's not painful. Yeah, you know? like the only time I ever knew I even had a tick is basically like sometime, um, what our rule of thumb was essentially if you got woken up in the middle of the night because some place on you was itching, you had a tick you on had you somewhere. Tick, right? yeah. And so you needed to get up. Yeah. Um, and so that's basically essentially the only times I ever found ticks on me, they were either not attached, still crawling on my clothes, uh, still crawling on me and not attached or the times I did find one and they were attached. I did check myself. Yeah. I didn't find any. So you're, you're a native North Carolinian. So you may, you started early on this stuff. So like yeah. I grew up, I grew up in the swamp in South Florida and like we didn't, ticks weren't a thing down there. It's like, no, you wet. just have alligators or whatever, which are fine. Off. Like I would rather deal with an alligator than a tick all day. Like they're Skunk easy. Skunk ape to come tear your arms off. I would rather deal with skunk ape than a tick. <laughs> and it's a, so like for me, I grew up in South Florida, like never even like we had mosquitoes and that was it. You know, you deal with mosquitoes. Yeah. I mean, you know, malaria, which is worse. Right. You know, I, I think Nile was like Nile virus was a big thing. Yeah. And uh, so we would deal with that stuff. And then, um, you know, when I was, when I was a teenager in Lele, I started, I raced mountain bikes a lot and we used to come up. A lot of the races were around Asheville up to West Virginia. Okay. And so I would go up with a bunch of guys and we would like go up, we would race and then we would camp out overnight and then drive back. Okay. And so I would camp out, you know, between West Virginia, like Boone, North Carolina, like, you know, that area. Okay. And so we would camp out and like, I remember this, this particular occasion that I'm talking about, we were up there. It was, um, you know, May or something. It was beautiful out, great day. Like, something happened and our tent stakes went missing. We basically didn't have a way to like put our tents up properly. That sucks. Yeah. So we all just kind of like, we put it on tarps and we slept on the, on, on our, on our sleeping bags on the tarps. Yeah. Stake number one, you know? So it's, I mean, ticks are so small though. Yeah. Like even if you did have a tent, sure. It may reduce your chance of getting a tick on you. Sure. But but yeah, you still, you can still get a tick inside the tent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, my preferred sleeping method is in a hammock. Yeah, when I camp, because that's a whole barrier of entry for the ticks. Um, yeah, they can still crawl down the of course. Um, yeah the, the ropes. Yeah. yeah, essentially, that I yeah. used to hang it, but like so, they'd have to call up a tree, find my rope, climb down it. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm camping and like, we're, we, you know, we're, we're laid out in our sleeping bags and like, uh, I, you know, we were drinking pretty heavily and, uh, and I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and, uh, got up and I realized I was very itchy and I thought it was just like, I'm out in the woods. I'm itchy. Yeah. And, uh, I got out, I peed and I came back and I realized, well, like when I was peeing, I realized like I felt something. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was like a, a couple of ticks right on the base of of the willy wagger Oof. down there, yeah. And uh, and I came back and I started looking, and I start I got a flashlight and started checking it out, and I had close to fifty to hundred ticks on me, like oh my god, all along the inside of one leg. Like I took my pants down, yeah, and they were like on the inside of my thigh, all the way down to the inside of my knee all the way down the back of my knee, in the back of my knee. And then I started realizing they were in the nape of my neck and in my hair. And so it turned to this thing where, like, I started freaking out. And, like, everybody on camp just basically was like, take ticks off naked Jake. And, uh, and Holy shit. Yeah, so, like, we started doing this. And, like, I had a good amount. We ended up in – so the guy that was there who was, like, our supposed adult, like, took took me to a local hospital, which was, like, a local hospital in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And the, so they removed a lot of ticks and put like this green foam on me, like antibacterial foam. Yeah. And then gave me like a very heavy dose of antibacterial treatment. Sure. And I got pretty lucky that I um, didn't have any sort of like, I never had um, any kind of like uh, symptoms of like Lyme disease from then on out. Yeah. That's um, good. I had about two dozen of the bullseyes around my body um which were like freaking me out and freaking everybody out because like you hear if you have the bullseye you definitely have Lyme disease like that's the yeah. myth you know uh, but the reality of that is like only 50 percent of people actually even ever see a bullseye and a lot of people that get bullseyes there is no that's not a, like a factor right and so uh Wait, so, so what's a bullseye is that a kinetic no, so the bullseye rash, so like when you get a tick oh, okay. bite, you get a circle, like a red circle around the bite. Yeah. And that's the bullseye. So okay. Yeah, see, I definitely never got one of those. Right. I would so, just pull them out and it'd be like Yeah, nothing. so people say like if you get this bullseye, then you probably have Lyme. Okay. But it's that's not the case. It's not true. It's a myth. Yeah. Um. You just, some people get them, some people don't. Does it come from like there's bit or something yeah it's just an infection it's like a basic infection it's like getting a bruise kind okay. of thing you know so so anyway so i i had all this like overexposure to this and like had this big problem and like for me what ended up developing is like i started having horrible stomach problems for like years yeah and i was getting sicker and sicker and couldn't figure out what it was and the only time i felt better is when i didn't eat meat and so i ended up cutting meat out of my diet entirely you know and i'm at this time i'm like 17 you know yeah and so I cut meat I mean, out of my. Did you just do this for the giggles, or did a doctor? No, tell a doctor you recommended it. Okay. He was like, he was like, well, let's figure out what's going on with your stomach. Like, for the next week, only eat oatmeal, and then I felt okay. Okay. You know? And then he was like, okay, let's add back chicken. And then I ate chicken, I got sick. You know, so like it was like it was like an exclusionary diet thing. Okay. And so, and also, this is 1994. You know, so the the primitive days, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, so. This goes on and on, and basically nobody understands why I'm sick all the time. And I get, like, when I eat meat, I get rashes. Uh, I get dizzy, like, almost blacking out. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time before one doctor eventually, like, found some study somewhere was like, 
oh, there's this thing that's happening basically called alpha galise where if you get bit by a certain kind of tick, like you can become allergic to meat. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like you're supposed to, theoretically, if you get it, you're supposed to like get over it in a couple months. Okay. Um, But that just didn't happen with me. Like I just got sicker and sicker. And uh, uh, one of the theories was that if you don't eat meat for like a lot of years, the bacteria in your stomach that works and digests with meat can die off. And then you, okay. and then you'll get sick. So even you, if you did get over the alpha Galise, the, exactly. you don't even have the bacteria. Your stomach to will be meat. too sensitive. It's oh, like wow. people that are vegan for 20 years and then they have a cheeseburger and they end up throwing up. You know, it's like, it's the same kind of situation. Okay. So anyways, I reintroduced meat slowly and got better. And, and, but you know, the alpha Galise thing is done by a tick called the Lone Star tick, which is different from the deer tick, which causes Lyme. Okay. So the amount of weird diseases that ticks like proliferate and pass on to people is just endless. Yeah. There's just like a thousand mile long list of all these different things. Okay. So, um, you know, so we were talking about the, the, the bullseye, you know, you don't know if that's actually what mean, what means that you're going to have Lyme disease or not. Um, and the problem with when you get into Lyme, is when you start looking at symptoms, this is the biggest problem with lives because people will go through this and they will just not have any, any understanding of whether or not they're sick because it looks like everything in the world. They call it the great imitator. And it can look like fibromyalgia. It can look like everything. You know, So, I mean, just here's a list of symptoms. I mean, I'm just going to read this straight up. It's fatigue. Neck, stiff, neck stiffness, neck pain, jaw discomfort, muscle pain, joint aches, uh, typically in the knees, swollen glands, memory loss, cognitive confusion, vision problems, digestive issues, headaches and fainting, basically symptoms of everything ever, you know? Yeah, basically symptoms of being alive. Yeah, and, and like getting older. Like, you know, yeah. I, when I turned 40, I had all those symptoms all the time. No, I already yeah. have all that. Right. I mean, not all that, but... A number of them. Buckle up. It gets worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck me. So, so they do call it the great imitator because it looks like every other kind of disease and yeah. looks like all these other kind of health problems. You know, it can, it can be often mistaken of fibromyalgia, arthritis, chronic fatigue syndrome, Bell's palsy, MS, lupus. You know, I've wow. personally known a ton of people who uh, their diagnosis is go back and forth between Lyme disease, lupus, Bell's palsy, all these things. And like, as you get older, it gets worse, and it's just doctors don't know what to do, right? You know? And they can't really treat you because what do they? They don't know what you have, you right? Know? So the the when Lyme disease comes into your body, it basically comes in in three stages. So the first stage when you get it is like you know hours of it within getting a tick bite. And so the acute symptoms of Lyme disease within hours are, you know, the infection is not spread through. It's localized to exactly where your bite yet, where your bite is. And this is when you actually want to move forward and get a cure at this point, a quote unquote cure, like a treatment. And at that point, early, early diseases, when you find a bite on yourself, the symptoms are skin rash, which may or may not look like a bullseye. It can look like splotches. It can look like anything else. Okay. Flu-like symptoms, chills and fever, fatigue, headache. So basically the flu, you know, okay. swollen lymph nodes, sore throat. 
So if you get bit by a tick and you feel like you have the flu, go to the doctor immediately. They're going to put you on this like wide spectrum of antibiotics and hopefully that'll catch it. Okay, interesting. Most people do not connect that. And that's about 50% of people. They don't connect it and they end up moving forward. I'm surprised that 50% of people do connect it. Me too, yeah. So That I seems mean, like a lot. Especially with the range of where ticks are and how everywhere like, often you know getting bit by a tick is you know yeah. and it's it's it is surprising so in stage two uh 60 of people see this in their body meaning 40 percent don't even get these so early disseminated lyme uh it comes in about a couple weeks or a months after the tick bite um the bacteria starts spreading through your body and the symptoms that are coming in are chills fever headaches so you know basic flu again Weakness, numbness in your arms, legs, your vision starts changing. So like if you feel like you have to start wearing reading glasses, heart problems like palpitations, chest pain, rashes start appearing on your body and you can get facial paralysis like Bell's palsy. Like like you, it looks like you had a stroke or something. You can get. Oh, wow. So obviously if you start moving into that realm, go to a doctor immediately. But at that point, it's you're pretty far along. Yeah, I mean, and, there's like no stopping it then. Well, there is. You can still you can still get pretty heavy treatment, but it won't be as effective. So, okay. like, you some people are still treated and do okay. Um, but again, most people they move they blow through stage one and two and don't even realize it, you know. And then they move into stage three, which um, you know, if it isn't treated in the first two stages, um, Lyme, you know, within weeks, months, or even this can be a decade after the bite happens, the Lyme bacteria has spread throughout your entire body. And you often develop chronic arthritis as well as an increase in neurological and cardiac symptoms. So you can get arthritis in basically all of your joints and especially around the point of infection, severe headaches and migraines, vertigo, dizziness, migrating migrating pains that come and go in different joints and tendons, stiffness, aching necks, uh, horrible insomnia, heart disturbances, especially in the rhythm, mental fogginess, concentration issues, numbness in the arms, legs, hands, and feet, and then basically huge problems following along in conversations and processing information. So by the time you get to like full stage three, like you're having problems talking to people, like just carrying a conversation. Oh, wow. Yeah. So so it gets pretty pretty severe. Because I'm over here like, shit, I haven't had these. <laughs> yeah. Like I always feel kind of achy. You know, that is a big thing. And that's why a lot of people won't realize what happened because it just moves through all three stages because your knees always hurt, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, um, I'm sitting here. My back hurts. <laughs> my, my back always hurts. Yeah, for real. Um, 99% so, of the time, every time. Exactly. So basically with, um, with ticks, uh, for you to catch the disease, they say that the tick needs to be on you for close to 36 hours, which is a very long time. Yeah. But for something the size of a poppy seed, you know, who knows? Could easily. Right. Go stay on that long. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially in your hair. In, yeah. I was going to say in your hair. Yeah. So. Especially on girls. They have so much hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, especially in the, the recesses of your body, if you're not used to checking those sure. spots or if you don't, you know, yeah. Trim down there. Right. And, uh, you know, the tick bites are, they're painless anyways. The, the, the minors, the, the signs of discomfort are very minor. 
Um, the redding, the redness and swelling are pretty, pretty reduced. Um, and the thing is like, it's not just Lyme, like ticks are implicated in the transmission of a number of infections caused by different pathogens from bacteria, virus, protozoa. And sometimes the tick can harbor more than one type of pathogen, making the diagnosis very difficult. So it's going to be like two or three. Exactly. You know, so, and this is the theory of the Russian doll cocktail. So basically you can catch one thing and it comes in with all these other symptoms and all these other disorders. And um, depending on where you are in the world, ticks can carry three, four, five different diseases. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So ticks are horrible. We should probably just eliminate them all off the planet. Um, yeah. I mean, we should just burn down all forests Tickville. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just napalm the whole anywhere there's trees. Right. Cut them down. Just get rid of Just pave everything. And yeah, nobody yeah. go there. So um, it comes down to like how, how, you know, we know you catch it from the bites. We know that's where it comes from. So, so how do ticks travel? That's another question. Yeah. So they can't fly. They can't jump. They're not dropping off of trees. But when I started digging into this, the coolest thing I found out, cool for a horrible little monster that gives you diseases. Yeah. Ticks do a thing called questing. Questing. Yeah. So it's like Dungeons and Dragons. They so, do side quests. Yeah. These they have little NPCs tell them to like go over here. Get, 100%. You know, pick up some stuff. So these little bastards crawl up onto like trees and like, like, uh, like grasses and stuff. Uh-huh. And they sit there and they reach their hands out and they just sit there with their hands, hold it out until you walk by and then they grab you with their hands. We, yeah, exactly. They're just riding you. Exactly. So these little oh jerks God. are constantly doing this. So like there's, if you go on and you search like tick questing on Google, there's tick just questing. There's an endless amount of photos of these ticks looking like they're at a Britney Spears concert with their hands up in the air, like waiting, hanging out. And that's what they do. They just do that. And the ticks can live for like two years without a host. So they can just chill on this branch with their hands out for two years waiting for you to walk by. What? Yeah. Two years. And then all of a sudden you walk by and they're like, you know, Papa's here. Let's bite his neck. Quest completed. Exactly. (laughs) And so... 99% 99% of the time, especially the lime carrying ticks are chewing up deer, you know? And so right. a single deer can host as many as a thousand ticks. So one of the interesting things is, uh, I am canceling deer hunting next week. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> uh, every deer hunting season, they do this thing in different parts of the country where, they will, where you go, you go out, you get in your blind, you shoot a deer, you throw it in your truck, and then you're driving down the road and you get stopped by a guy and he's like, hey, I want to do a measurement of how many ticks are on your deer that you just shot that's on the hood of your truck. Yeah. And so he measures a square foot and he's like, okay, you have 50 ticks on this, this one square foot of your deer. And you don't care because you're going to go to the butcher. Butcher's going to skin it. He's going to throw the skin into a garbage bag and throw it away. The meat's going to be processed. Right. And the meat's fine. Like a million ticks can eat up the deer and the meat's going to be okay. Right. So then what happens is this dude measures. He's got 50 ticks in this one square foot. And then you keep driving down the road and then you get stopped again like a couple miles later. And this guy's like, hey, I'm going to take another measurement. He looks at your square foot and there's only one tick there. So where do these ticks what? go? Yeah. So the ticks are dropping off as you're driving down the road. 
And these ticks are like little ball bearings. They just fly off the side of the road. They hit the ground, they walk away and they go away. Yeah. You know, so that's how one of their ways they spread so far is because people are shooting deer in one part of the county, driving a hundred miles to their house and then dropping ticks, dropping 500 ticks along this whole path, you know? So that's one of the ways they transmit. All right. So use your local uh, processor. Yeah, exactly. Don't drive them home or process on site. Burn with fire. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the well, they say ba- actually not to do that if they're on you. Yeah. You're actually not supposed to use the fire because when you apply the fire, it makes them, um, salivate. And so if they're salivating, they can push the pathogens into your system faster. So don't burn with fire. Grab them with the little, uh, tweezers. The, yeah. They make those special tick, tick tweezers. You can get it like Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. Give them a yank with those things. And even if the head's in your body, it's okay. It'll Your body will push it out eventually. Like yeah. It's not the end of the world. Um, but so the three best ways to prevent them, uh, use a chemical repellent like DEET, uh, permethrin, or Picardian, which is probably what you, you were using. Yeah, I think we use DEET. I think Picardian is like a natural... Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's whatever. Like, My wife went to Belize a year or two ago and it's got like lavender in it or something. Yeah, they she used that. Yeah. Pick it pick it Aaron, pick yeah. Aaron. Yeah. That's what we used for her. Yeah. It worked good. So then the other is wear light color clothing and uh give your uh, pant legs a quick tick. Uh a quick tuck. Not a tick. Tuck. I don't want a tick. So then um So white pants after Labor Day is cool. Yeah, I mean, if you're out there in those woods and you're near where the ticks are, I would rock white pants all around the clock. You can um, definitely see the ticks easy on them. Yeah. So, and then now we're getting into the, back to the meat. You know, is it okay. on purpose or is it on accident? So, is there evidence for or against either one? Well, so so there's some. So, um you know, the real question is, did the military, you know, weaponize these ticks and did they escape or were they testing Lyme disease as a bioweapon? Because there are some biological weapons that, that mimic this like Russian doll cocktail syndrome where you get multiple diseases. And it goes, one of the, one of the interesting things that happened is, um, you know, last year, July, 2019, the U.S. House passed an amendment to the Defense Act that ordered the Pentagon to review whether or not the U.S. experimented with weaponizing ticks. So, oh shit! A dude in the House came up. This dude, Chris Smith, uh, came up and he was just like, "Listen, we got to look into this. Uh, people are getting Lyme disease. It's a real problem." And it passed. Like people were like, "Yes, check this out." And nothing has happened since. Nobody's looked into it. Obviously, nothing's nothing's been done. Cool. But uh, the House <laughs> at the time, yeah, exactly. Cool. The, the House right. ordered the Pentagon and the Department of, Defense, Department of Defense to review if the military weaponized ticks between 1950 and 1975. And they want to know what happened, uh, what was the scope of it, and if any experimental ticks escaped the laboratory. So if they weaponized ticks after 1970-something... 75. They yeah. wouldn't have to say that. Right. They were like, no, it was the eighties. <laughs> we were all just wearing Oakley's and doing our thing. Yeah. You know, so, so anyways, so Chris Smith, uh, a Republican from New Jersey, uh, he's been in the house. He was in the house for 40 years before he did this last year. 40, 40, four, zero, 40 years. Term okay. limits kids. We should probably look into those. Yeah. We definitely need those. 
So he is the co-chair of the uh, Lyme Disease House Working Group, which is a, a group in the, uh, the, the House of Representatives that basically has been looking into Lyme disease for years because, you know, we, we have these working groups that look into everything. You know, yeah. every single disease you can think of, they're, they're looking at it. And because since the 70s, Lyme disease has just exploded. And yeah. we went from basically no cases to well, no 400,000 cases. Right. Exactly. So that's one of my questions is like, were they, what has this always been happening and now all of a sudden we know about it? Right. Or were there really no cases? Exactly. And you know. then all of a sudden, I don't know. I'm believing there was that it didn't, I don't know. It's a solid <laughs> question. It's a very good question. I want to, I want to, the logical part of me is like, it definitely was already there and we just didn't know about it. Yeah. And uh, that happens all the time. Well, the yeah. other part of me is like, it's also totally possible it was not there. And, and it we came have out of nowhere. As a country, we've experimented with these things before. So Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, we've done all kind of fucked up shit. Like seriously. And I'm sure up. there's stuff of my nightmares that I couldn't even haven't even thought of yet. Stuff we haven't even learned about. That yeah. It's horrible. You know? It's happening now or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So uh Chris Smith, the House member, the Republican from New Jersey, he uh, basically threw down the gauntlet and demanded to know how tick-borne diseases can affect military readiness. You know, people in the military getting lives because 400,000 people a year, a bunch of those are going to be have to be in the military, just statistically. Sure. He wanted to know how that was affecting it and how it was affecting the population in general, just period. And so what Smith did was he kind of came down to the floor of the house and he was... He had a copy of a book in his hand called Bitten, The Secret History of Lyme Disease and Biological Weapons, which was published right before he did all this in 2019. Authored by a Stanford University scientist uh, and Lyme sufferer named Chris Newby. It it features interviews with a deceased Swiss-born scientist named Willie Bergdorfer, which you may remember the, the name of the bacteria was Bergdorferi. Yeah. So named after this dude. Okay, okay. The man credited with discovering the bacterial pathogen that caused Lyme disease, who once worked for the Department of Defense as a bioweapon specialist. Oh, awesome. Right. So, you know, he had the job. Creepy. Yeah. So, so these interviews combined with access to Dr. Bergdorfer's lab files suggest that he and other bioweapon specialists stuffed ticks completely full of these pathogen, pathogens to cause severe disability disease, even death to potential enemies, Smith said on the floor of the house during his, uh, during his comments. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. So I guess my like question really is if these ticks got released on purpose or by accident, uh, has this, has the effect that we've seen of Lyme disease on people really been worthy of bioweapon level? You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Like, yeah. So, cause, all right. Cause I'm, what I'm thinking of is use, like let's apply this to like a real world situation. Sure. Right? I am a, a GI in wherever and I have the 
tech grenade or whatever it is. I got to pull a pin and I got to throw it at the enemy. And so they get text splashed all over them. They're like, ah, text flying. <laughs> you know, we got a million texts coming out of this. They're all over my balls. They're flying. Through- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they fly all over them or whatever. And they get all in them and they bite them. And what? And what? Like, do they stop shooting at you? Yeah. Like, yeah. There are they. I mean, they're not dead. Right. It's 10 years from now. They have a really bad backache. Right. Like, <laughs> their knees hurt. Yeah. They've <laughs> like, got I'm just wondering knee. the effectiveness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and that's a, that's a solid question. Like, um, you know, there are, we have made stuff that kills people so much faster. Uh, way better. I mean, just look at mixing uh, bleach and uh, what is it? When you make mustard gas, you mix like uh, bleach and. Uh, oh, I don't even remember. I don't remember. Clorox or whatever. Yeah. You, you mix. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's so, like you make napalm by mixing like diesel fuel and gas. styrofoam. Yeah, exactly. And, and with like gummy bears or something. Yeah, and exactly. It makes napalm. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's there, and those are just the things that like we're joking about right now. Yeah. Like those kill people so much better. So good. So they good. do. A, they do a great job. They're going like, to be huge. You know what's even better than them? <laughs> bullets. Like bullets do straight awesome. up just bullets. Like, I mean, there's so much research on shit like nuclear bomb trajectory and, and sure you know all kinds of shit like moabs that. like like there are so many things that you can kill people with yeah so cluster bombs I, I i'm thinking of like the scene from iron man one where he just turns around it's like you know robert <laughs> yeah. down jr arms up in the air the cluster bombs going off behind him then yeah. the wind like swooshes back him that shit's real oh yeah we have that crap yeah those exist. That's not like a joke. Abs- yeah. No, 100%. And that yeah. shit's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, there right. was a video I saw recently. Um, like, I don't know if you guys know this, but like, um, what are they called? Uh, white phosphorus thermite bombs. Oh, yeah. They're outlawed in war. Um, As they should be. Yeah, because yeah. They're, they're, they're horrifying. They're, yeah. yeah, they're horrifying. And um, there's some video I saw recently coming across social media trying to say that um, somebody somewhere, I don't want to say where because I don't want it to be wrong, but I think it was like Somalia or the Middle East or something somewhere, um, that they were accusing somebody of dropping carpet thermite um, across some other country or something like that. So it was like basically you see this video and I mean it's like imagine fireworks but in reverse. Yeah. They're coming yeah. down. Yeah. And it's just this rain of like white light. Right. And you know what I mean? And that they're saying shit, like, yeah, there are bugs on people. Yeah. You and know? I'm like, that shit kills people. Awesome. That's why it's, right. you can't, you know, you don't use that shit. I mean, it's like, it seems like something simple. Like you said, bullets kill people. Great. But you know, it's outlawed in war is hollow points. Right. You yeah. have to use ball rounds. Yeah. So it's like, jacket. it's, which yeah. is crazy to me. Yeah. That. You know what I mean? They're like, I'm gonna shoot a piece of metal at you, but it can't be a piece of metal that kills you too good. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we don't want it to expand. It's yeah, like, we don't yeah. want it to kill you too well, right. just less well. Right. Um, but yeah, but then we have you know, stuff like that where it's like um white phosphorus is outlawed and, right. and all this kind of stuff. So and, it's like my question is why bugs? Right. And, that and brings, even if it was bugs, why wouldn't it be like a giant praying mantis that's like going around like clipping people's you heads imagine? off and yeah. shit? You know what I mean? Like yeah, and that's a great ship, question. Stormtrooper troopers type shit. My my comeback would be, what if it's not an active war zone and you just want to demoralize or create a situation where you want the populace to be sick and you do that? Then I feel like they would, again, use something more virulent. Right, but you don't want to just kill the entire population. You just want them, like, sick. 
sickly. I don't know. Well, I got with that. I mean, so, okay, so that's hard in modern times too now because if you think about the amount of global travel, like we've been talking about with COVID, like, yeah, can you really release, put smallpox all over blankets and give right. it to your enemies? Like, and can the you even do that now? Or that's like a good question. Smallpox like, explodes into another global pandemic. Right. So I guess the question here is like, how infectious can it be? Right. Without you risking it coming home. But in this case, if they release Lyme disease, it has now over whatever, 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. If they, like if it was released in the 50s, 70 years now, um, essentially decimated as far as Lyme disease is decimating, yeah. but decimates our country with 400,000 people a year getting right. it. And like as somebody who has like, does not have Lyme disease as far as I know, but yeah. does have... Right. A lot of like back and spine problems and muscle pain problems and stuff like that. Yeah. Like if I had that list of stuff above and beyond what I have now, it like what I already have now is horrible, but you know, like that would just be so bad. It would be extremely demoralizing. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you were going to, if you were going to demoralize a whole population and give them an illness that messed them up, would you need something with a higher infection rate? Not even or an infection. Or delivery Would you system? just want them to have wonky knees? Or would you want them to be throwing up blood? Would you want them to have constant diarrhea? Like, yeah. what would you want them to have, you know? And I just, I feel like the whole, like, it's arthritis on steroids is is not a good enough thing to give the rest of the world. Yeah. You know? Not good and en- not good enough in the there would be no reason for us to throw such a low grade thing at people, you know right, what I mean? and then so the other question is, in the past fifty years, ticks have moved into areas of a the country they've never lived in before, so ticks are moving into colder and colder climates, and the question is, well, they're evolving, and we're not. Right. Are they evolving? Uh, is the country getting warmer or is or were ticks engineered to be more hardy in warm climates? I don't know. Well, that's our too because like do they have migration patterns? How long does it take for them to move a mile a long on their time. own? Ticks ticks don't travel far. They they so stay they can travel fast on you, but they can't travel fast on the ground. It's the it's the grabbing onto deers, driving down the highway, you know. That's moving them around. Right. They're not grabbing onto trucks, but they're they're traveling pretty far, you know. Yeah. So so it's an interesting question. So but let's get back to Montauk, New York. Okay. So okay. John Quinn, author of a book on the Montauk Project, uh, which the Montauk Project is an idea that basically there was a secret government base in Montauk, New York, that was experimenting with all kinds of stuff, ranging from time travel to mind, mind control, like MK Ultra stuff. Like well, I mean, all that's real. Project Looking Glass, all these things, you know. So yeah. that all that stuff or originated in Montauk. Like that's the theory, you know. So all right. Um, Some so of anyways, my favorite shit. Yeah, basically. So this so this book goes down <laughs> the entire rabbit hole of like UFO technology, harp, and all that stuff. And then in the middle of this book, which I read this entire book, and the one line that jumped out at me was uh uh this. 
Another example of such clandestine government operations within Suffolk County jurisdiction would be the genetic and biological research and experimentation leading to the development of the AIDS virus, Gulf War syndrome, Lyme disease, biological and chemical weapons at facilities like Cold Spring Harbor Laboratories and Plum Island Animal Disease Research Facility, which are totally restricted, even the air, airspace above them is. So in this 300-page book, this dude just like casually drops one sentence saying Lyme disease was created there. Yeah. You know? And it's not even an afterthought. It's just, he just lists it out. So, oh, by the way, in addition to AIDS and Gulf War syndrome right, and right. biological also, and chemical know, weapons, AIDS, Lyme disease, <laughs> Lyme disease, no big deal. Yeah. MBD. I'm just going to drop this crusher and act right. like it's nothing. So, <laughs> so the author, so, so the author, John Quid, he said he was casually told about this whole tick experimentation, experimentation thing by Preston Nichols, a guy who claims to have worked at Montauk and was a whistleblower. Okay. And so this Preston Echo guys wrote a book about all of these time travel experiments in Montauk. And it's definitely uh, happened. Right. And Nichols, he told Quinn that the disease was first engineered in the mid 1960s. You know, he pretty much gave a date 64, 65 and was initially released at the Montauk base itself and the surrounding communities in New York. It's notable that in the 1960s, a disorder called Montauk knee was being talked about by fishermen in the area. A decade later, scientists in Lyme, Connecticut, really not that far down the way, started diagnosing children with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, which eventually was discovered to be and labeled as Lyme disease. So within that area, around the same time that Nicholas and Quinn are saying Lyme disease was genetically manufactured, okay. those are the first known cases of Lyme disease. Popping okay. Out. Okay. So, let's thoughts, questions. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm fucking I'm fucking sold. You're sold on it, okay? Oh, dude, I'm I'm into it. Like, so ooh. I don't even need to do this next part. So, so I've got I've got some follow up evidence that I'm going to run through. So, uh, no, we should definitely keep going. So, uh, essentially, why would we why would we suspect the military at Plum Island of experimenting on humans? Well, because why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Yeah. So, yeah. so people like you and I know the military does this kind of thing. The government like experiments on people. We know this pretty well. Absolutely. Um, the military and the DOD have never been shy with experimenting on Americans. And uh, I've got a few examples that these are these are not conspiracy theories. These are absolutely one hundred percent confirmed cases where the government was experimenting on Americans. And okay. again, like unknowingly. Yes, the American are they like, like abducted people? citizens of America did not know that these experiments were happening to them. All right, and I'm the ready. government was doing them in a clandestine nature behind closed doors, doing this. Okay, okay. so I'm going to start with three that are kind of like okay, and then it's going to get really bad after that. Okay, so the first three. So back in uh, April through November of 1956, the U.S. Army Chemical Corps conducted a, a oh, hold a, on there's a u.s army chemical corps oh yeah i i imagine this being like the dudes with mops who like clean up when oil gets knocked over like at the you know you would think so that's not that no they're nerds killing people that's, All what right, these guys that's are. sick they're straight up nerds killing people they've got like chalkboards and bubbling cauldrons full of horrible shit and they're like spreading it onto human beings so that's who these guys are oh awesome which you know 
This is like the Napier it's 1956. Lab, so. Yeah, yeah. This is like yeah, Napier Labs, 100%. So they got together in 1956 and they named something called Operation Dropkick. And, <laughs> That's the best name I've heard right. in a minute. And so this was to test the practicality of employing mosquitoes to carry an entomological warfare agent in different ways. The core released uninfected, uninfected female mosquitoes into a residential area of Savannah, Georgia. This is where a bunch of people live. They had no idea. Okay. They just, they just released a ton of female mosquitoes. Okay. They released these mosquitoes into a residential area of Savannah, Georgia, and then estimated how many mosquitoes entered people's homes and bit them. Within a day, the mosquitoes had spread widely, entering callous homes and bitten many, many of the residents. So this was like... How did they even know? Because the they tracked... I don't know how they did it, but they tracked the mosquitoes. They knew which ones were out there because probably they used a different breed of mosquito than what is in the area. Or they put like microscopic tracking devices Possible. in them and this was a precursor for birds aren't real. Which we'll get into. Oh, God. <laughs> this is blowing my mind right now. So also... Under and this op- isn't even the bad. This is the like not bad ones. This, these are the ones that are like, yeah, okay, they did this. Oh, my God. So also <laughs> under Operation Dropkick, later, two years later in 1958, the U.S. Army Chemical Corps, same dudes, same nerds, killing people. Oh, my God. They released 600,000 mosquitoes into Avon Park, Florida, just for shits and giggles to like figure out what they would do. They just like showed up with a... Probably a 1955 Bel Air with like trash cans in the back and just dumped 600,000 mosquitoes into oh this neighborhood. All right, mates, let's go again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, around the same time, they uh, the, the same dudes got together and they did a program called Operation Big Buzz. This was in 1955 in Georgia. It was a field test to determine God, the these, fe- these nerds hate Georgia. They do. I mean, you just got it like Florida, Georgia, F them. We're just going to drop a ton of mosquitoes on top of them. All right. So it was a field test to determine the feasibility of producing, storing, and loading yellow fever carrying mosquitoes into munitions and dispersing them from aircraft. This is the tick grenade. But they're mosquito bobs. They're doing oh. mosquito. So it's like step <laughs> awesome. one. You got to make sure the mosquitoes can live in the bomb and then you put ticks in them. So... <laughs> So the, oh my God, the goal of the operation was to determine whether these mosquitoes would survive disturb dispersion and seek meals on the ground. So meals? basically, like, if we put off a bomb full of mosquitoes, are they going to go chew on people in this not unsuspecting part of Georgia in 1955 where they're just, like, going to church and, like, thinking about running water? And then they're like, oh, what's this rain of mosquitoes? Oh, God, the black cloud. (laughs) Yeah. So what they did was they dropped 330,000 mosquitoes from aircraft. And these mosquitoes were packed into E-14 bombs, which I don't know what E-14 bombs are. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So probably some sort of bomb that wouldn't kill a mosquito. I'm going to look it up. And they dispersed them. uh, So the bombs would hit the ground and disperse these mosquitoes. In total, one million female mosquitoes were bred and released for the testing. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta lead on those E fourteen bombs. No, I, I'm, I'm looking at them. Uh, Do they look okay. like the, like the ones you see in movies, where it's just like the big thing with the square on the back? Uh, no, no. So that's like a, a steel like bomber dropping bomb. I can't remember what those are called. 
So it says the E14 munition was a cardboard sub oh. sub munition, which means it's uh, airdropped or ground launched munition munition um, that ejects smaller sub munitions uh, developed by the United States Biological Weapons Program as an anti crop weapon. Oh. In a series of field tests in 1955, uh, E14 <laughs> was loaded with fleas and airdropped. So. These were pizza boxes filled with bugs that liked to chew on people and fired at unsuspecting folks. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, there's a bunch of information on here about uh, these uh, E14 munitions. We're going to get to the flea stuff in a minute. Uh, yeah. I see. I didn't know about the flea thing. Operation yeah. Big Itch. Yeah. Is that yeah. the one? Yeah. Oh I think I, I think I cut Operation Big Itch out. But, yeah, Operation Big Itch was essentially... They they took these E14 bobs and they just dropped half a million fleas on this unsuspecting neighborhood. That sounds horrible. Could you imagine? You're just going about your day and there's half a million fleas falling on your head. And the U.S. government's like, okay, so we noticed it went from block one to block four. And then meanwhile, there's this entire neighborhood full of people dealing with fleas. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. So I'm trying to look. So there's not a lot of like pictures of this thing. Well, it was 1955. It's probably not a time. Um, yeah, like there's there's basically like I don't even see any diagrams of this thing. Yeah, um, they're probably trying to keep it quiet at the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, even I mean the Wikipedia doesn't have any pictures. If I Google E14 munitions, there's nothing. Yeah. Like the closest I can find is the M114 bomb, which I think is something totally different. So I saw I'm, I saw them described somewhere as like soggy cardboard boxes. Yeah, I guess just think about a bomb-shaped pizza box. Right, that's kind of wet, and it and it opens up when it hits the ground, but it's full of mosquitoes that want to suck your blood. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways. Sick. <laughs> the ones the ones we've been talking to up to this point are the you know ones that aren't that bad. Um so here's where it gets horrible. Gets worse. <laughs> yeah. So from 1950 through 1953 the US Army conducted Operation LAC, Operation Large Area Coverage, spraying chemicals over six cities in the United States and Canada in order to test dispersal patterns of chemical weapons. Part of this was done in St. Louis where in the mid-1950s, the Army sprayed zinc cadmium sulfate via motorized blowers atop the Prut Ego uh, housing development towards schools from the back of station wagons and planes. The, um, so where they sprayed this from, the Prut Ego uh, housing development, was a, a pro- it was projects in St. Louis, very low-income okay. housing built in the 50s. And essentially what they did was St. Louis decided they wanted to take all of the black people in the city and make them live in this one housing development. Sick. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. So, nice move, St. Louis. Yeah, exactly. So the Wendell O. Pruitt Homes and the William Ego Apartments, known together as Pruitt Ego, were joint urban housing projects first developed in 1954. And they were low-income housing, and the government was using them as a place to test the spread of these chemical weapons. <laughs> Perfect subjects for my experiments. Exactly. So <laughs> what they were doing was they were they were setting up on the top. Of these were they were like thirty buildings. 
okay. filled with people just trying to live their lives, low income housing. Yeah. And they were setting up these gigantic blowers on the top of these buildings and spraying cadmium, zinc cadmium sulfide into people's homes to see if they had bad reactions to it. Because why not? You know, so yeah, I'm thinking about the planes too. Like, yeah, so uh, they were also doing it for planes. So basically, uh, chemtrails, chemtrails anybody, yeah. like so, the predecessors to uh, weather uh, manipulation. Exactly, and and we'll like, we'll talk about like the reality. There, like chemtrails is a real thing, and we'll talk about the realities of that. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like a weather control, we're, we're, we're mind control. This is how they're spreading COVID through chemtrails. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <for> sure. so <laughs> okay, so. The Pruitt Ego in St. Louis, those were, that was some of the most disgusting stuff I saw where they were just basically spraying people with stuff in their own homes. Uh, it, earlier in 1907, the, uh, the Louisiana State Board of Health commissioned a study to feed, and this is in quotes, Negro prisoners sulfur heavy laden molasses for five weeks straight just to test if sulfuric acid was safe for people to eat. So they had discovered that uh, large doses. I take a gander, and it ain't probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they they had had a theory that eating sulfuric acid was bad. So yeah. they just started like feeding black people sulfuric acid for weeks on end to see if they got sick. So yeah. So the government is not here's your about free it. government molasses. Right. Exactly. Congratulations, kids! If you had government <laughs> cheese sandwiches, it probably has Adderall in it. <laughs> probably. So. <laughs> So, so this is this is an interesting one. So, um, in 1953, there was an article in the Medical Scientific Journal Clinical Science, which I, I found this random article, and I was flipping through it, and it described this medical experiment where government researchers were intentionally blistering the skin on the abdomens of 41 children in uh, adoption homes, who ranged in ages from eight uh. to 14, using cantharide, which is a really nasty uh, chemical. The study was performed to determine how severely the substance injures and irritates the skin of children. After the studies, the children's blistered skin was cut off with scissors and doused in peroxide. That's disgusting. Yeah, and these were On like multiple levels. These were kids whose parents died and they're sitting in like an adoption home and the government's like, "Listen, I heard about this chemical that blisters your skin." I'm going to put it on you. Let's see how it goes. Are we cool, right? Right, exactly. No, the, those kids grew up to be uh, serial killers. Yeah, the joke. Like, literally, these kids became the Joker. Like, yeah. You know. So, John Wayne Gacy was one of these kids or some shit. So, going over that, uh, what uh, what level do you basically think? Like, do you think Lime man-made? Do you think it was put out? Do you think this is an experiment? Where are you at on all this? Um, you've convinced me. Uh, your soul. Your 100% uh, no. Lime disease was man-made. Absolutely, the government's experimenting on us. Like, yeah, no, we're okay. fucked. We're fine. Like, I would just, uh, I don't know. Like, it's awful, right? Like, I'm, either I'm way, like, I don't want to believe it, but at the same time, I'm like, yep, that's true, hundred percent. I believe. Yeah, it. and and it's one of those things where it's like, if you have this friend who's like really shitty to you all the time, all of a sudden, like, you're like, yeah, they could do that because you know they've been shitty to you the whole time, you know. So. Yeah the government kind of acts like that because you know they've done these horrible things in the past. Yeah. It's easier to suspect them of doing horrible things in the future because, you know, you look at things like the moon landing and you know they faked a bunch of stuff back in the day because there's documents out there where the CIA mm, put it out that they faked stuff. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, not even the moonlight, but you look at like you know the 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 uh, naval bombings that got us into like Vietnam. You look at like yeah. all these different things, and well, like I mean, two nuclear weapons have been detonated on people. Yeah, in history. Yeah, and shocker, our government did that. So and possibly in Port Chicago, which is something we'll discuss at uh, at one point soon. What? Yeah, possibly uh, there was a nuclear bomb released in Port Chicago. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that. Awesome. So <laughs> stay tuned, kids. <laughs> All right. So here's uh here's where we go with whether or not it was man made. Okay. In the early 1990s. A group of scientists led by David H. Persing from the Mayo Clinic. Mayo Clinic, very highly uh, regarded. Yeah, big research hospital. Yeah, in, Russia, in Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. So they took tissues from 131 rodents stored in the Harvard Museum of Comparative Zoology, the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, in D.C., the American Museum of Natural History in New York, so those places, they, they found a, 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 com, a combined 131 rodents stored in those places. So apparently in these museums, they grab rats and stick them in boxes and hold on to them. That's a thing that For happens. some reason. Yeah, there's probably a reason. Um, probably some zoological purpose. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so some of these rodents have been hanging around these places for 150 years. What? Like, yeah. So you have this desiccated little rat who's been sitting in a box for 150 years in Harvard for some reason. Okay. But they're there, you know, maybe. Who knows? So anyways, <laughs> what they did was they used DNA fingerprinting techniques on these rodents' bodies to look for pieces of genetic material specific to the uh, the bacteria that Lyme's is, you know, okay. um, um, the B. burgdorferi, like okay. that, that bacteria. The result published in the uh, October issue last uh, 2018 of the Journal of Infectious Diseases found that two mice from Massachusetts collected in 1894. So since 1894, the mice have been sitting in boxes in Boston. They tested positive positive for the Lyme bacteria. So over a hundred years ago, they found mice with Lyme disease. Okay. So we know one, either one of two things. They had it that far back. Right. And it was natural or, well, I mean, or they had it that far back and they have been trying to figure out how to weaponize it for 60 years. Both are possible. Yeah. Both I mean, are possible. Yeah. So researchers, researchers ended up concluding that, uh, the, the bacteria Bergdorfi lived in the Northeastern American ticks and rodents for at least the last hundred years. They, uh, they suggest that in recent decades with reforestation of huge tracts of farmland and the increase in wilderness recreation that, blah, blah, blah. We're seeing this a lot more. And with human contact with infected rodents, we're seeing it more and more. So again, that goes back to your question. Has it existed for at least a hundred years and, you know, maybe even longer because, you know, we have these hundred year old rats, but like, it's not like we have a cow from or a deer from 200 years ago that we can test. Yeah. But we knew Lyme diseases in those rats from at least that far back. And I mean, you don't have to be a genius, but chances are that's not the very first rat to ever have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you, so you look at a lot of the things that when people weaponize diseases, they take an existing disease and make it worse. Right. You know, so, so the question is, did they take these diseases from a hundred years ago and make them worse? Right. Cause aren't they looking for biomarkers essentially? Yeah, exactly. So that may not be the version that we have. Right. It's, a version that has biomarkers for our version. 
And did the government just say, hey, we found these rats in a box at Harvard from 150 years ago and haha, they have this disease already. So it's not, we couldn't possibly have made it. Ha ha. Right. Exactly. So gotcha. Where you're at. What (laughs) what are your thoughts on this? What do you think? I don't know. It's tough, right? Yeah. I mean, it is crazy. Our government definitely experiments on us without our knowing. 100%. Like we're the biggest, you know, box of rats. Uh, there is. I mean, a hundred percent true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because it's 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 definitely hard. Like, um, to, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with like a coherent statement, and I'm just like, I don't know. I'm gonna stick with what I said before. It's all it's fucking true. Like, even sure. if these rats had it that back then, yeah, I guarantee the version that we have now that's like they took it from the rats. Yeah, they took it from the it's rats, possible. they made it yeah. way they made it slightly worse, and yeah, then it's possible. you know, are releasing it now. There's there's theories out there that like that happened with AIDS, that happened yeah. with like the common cold. Like people think that, you know, yeah. that's a thing. I mean, because maybe this hundred year old version was treatable. Maybe, yeah. And maybe ours isn't. Yeah, and it's that's possible. what they changed. Yeah, I you mean, because I a mean? hundred years ago, maybe you could treat something easily with antibiotics. Yeah, you just take Coke. and <laughs> <laughs> You just do a line and you're good. Right, exactly. Yeah, so who knows? I mean, personally, I think um, I think Lyme has probably been around for a long time. Yeah. I think it's been around forever, and we probably are just now turning the rocks over and seeing it. Yeah. Um, I think I think because ticks are the way that they are, like blood-borne pathogen carriers... Yeah, there's a very deep, different kind of diseases that yeah. they carry. I mean, they're the rats of bloodborne pathogens. Absolutely, literally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I am not gonna go down the government conspiracy route on this because no. I think no, I don't think so. I think I think this has been around forever, but I think if there ever was something where they screwed us up on this, I think this it could be this, but I, I don't think it is. Yeah. I, I just, um, as much as I'm a realist at the same time, I'm like, bro, we know these people are out there doing some fucked up shit. Like 100%. this is, yeah. I do, we don't have proof, definitive proof. Yeah. You know, we'll never have proof probably. Uh, but yo, I mean, this shit could happen. It could. 100%. I mean, we, we talked about them spraying mosquitoes and fleas out of like, out yeah. of the top of apartment buildings. You know, they were blistering kids' skins. Like, why wouldn't they? Yeah, why wouldn't they develop a much more horrible version of Lyme disease and release it in text to the whole country? Why not? I'm sure there's profit there somewhere. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if anything, now people are all of a sudden mysteriously sick with I don't know what and going to yeah. the doctor. So I think if going down the route of saying it was man-made in this Montauk laboratory. So let's do this thought experiment. Okay. If it was man-made in this laboratory and it was created there, my thought would be it escaped by accident, which goes back to what... Well, I mean, uh, ticks are so tiny. Right. They, How easy would that be? Yeah, they just ride your pant leg, which we're going back to Chris Smith, who's the the house member who got up and his theory was that it was created and accidentally released, you know. And yeah. when you're in a scientist and you're an experimenter, you, you make things and you do stuff and you're like, hey, this does this. And, you know, right. And, and there's even a theory that like that's how COVID escaped. It was it was something that was created and released. You know, yeah. who knows? And um, not I don't 100 percent think it's the case, but like it's it is something in the realm of possibility that could have happened. Yeah. 
Well, so, okay. So I guess one of my questions is what's worse? It being created and released on purpose or it being created and released on accident or does it matter at all? Because now we have it and it doesn't matter how it got out. The fact that there's insane people out there making this shit at all is what's the worst part. No, I think it matters 100% because if it was released on purpose, I think that's a big deal. Like, you know, going back to those experiments in the 50s, like where they were like, taking low-income people and spraying fleas in their faces, like, that's horrible. That's that's right. absolutely horrible. Imagine if oh, that I was happening. I fleas your, in your face on accident. Imagine if that was happening in your neighborhood. Like, people were just coming in and, like, shooting frogs in your house. Like, you know, it's just shitty things. Yeah. You know, and if it was an accident, it's an accident. But it's still, like, they shouldn't be creating these things, even right. though we know they are every day. Right, right. So, final yeah. thoughts? No, nah, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah, it's depressing. It's all yeah. it's depressing all around. It's horrible. Yeah. Because it's it's one of those things where you can't prove it's true or false. And if it's true, it sucks. And if it's false, it could have happened anyways. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, and I don't know, to like step back and have a realistic view, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's out there. And like I know people who have Lyme disease. Yeah. And, you know, they tell me about it. It sucks. It's horrible. It's not good. And 400,000 people a year get it just because they want to go camping. Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe maybe Greta Thunberg was right all along. It's just climate change. And Who it knows? takes her moving up north. Maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah. So that's all we got for today, guys. There Thank you for it. coming back and listening to us ramble for another two hours. So <laughs> <laughs> um, check back in next week for another episode. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon. joining us for this episode of Brew Luminati. Our intro and outro music is written by Dungeness. Want to learn more about the topics we cover and who we are? Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Brew Luminati Podcast for behind the scenes content and updates. Do you have mystical powers of insight or just questions, suggestions, and feedback? Reach out to us at thebrewluminati at gmail.com. Are you ready to immerse yourself into the inner circle? Visit patreon.com slash Podcast. For the same price as a cup of coffee or sandwich you won't remember, you know, because of mind control, you can join the Brewluminati and lift the veil on the true mysteries of the universe. Your membership to the Conclave unlocks access to our secret Discord server, bonus Patreon-only content, behind-the-scenes talks, and much more. Every dollar spent not only helps us reveal the truths of the world, but also frees us to make the show better, weirder, and allows us to go deeper and deeper into the void while funding our next beer run. When we're not talking conspiracies and beer, we're passionate about saving the forgotten puppies and kitties of the world. 10% of every dollar you donate goes directly to the Best Friend Pet Adoption Agency. They are a local 501c3 all-breed, all-foster cat and dog rescue that will save the life of a pet who never had a chance. Keep an eye out because we'll be posting pictures of the lives our listeners save. For more information on Best Friend Pet Adoption, head over to bfpa.org. Join us again next week for another episode of Brew Luminati. We know you will, because again, mind control is real. Mm-hmm.